Blog Talk Radio. Here at ACO Radio, American Communications Online, or any affiliated stations or websites are not responsible for what guests, hosts, or call-ins may say. All programming is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Jay Morris, and you're listening to ET Radio. Welcome aboard, all you ground troops spinning around smartly on the planet. We are here with American Communications Online, and we're going to be having one of our old friends from years ago back on tonight. It's been a long time. I didn't have time to research and see how many years it's been, but uh, John David Tenayuka is a friend of mine uh, in the hobby of our TJ Marcy Radio and our ACO Association with the Ascension Center Organization and the Ace Metaphysical Institute. So he's been a nice friend for many years and uh, has some shows here on our TJ Morris ET Radio archives. And uh, we'd like to uh, let you know that he's all about helping people and in service to others. And he helped us uh, do a few events in California and uh, Vegas in the past. And uh, he's agreed to come on and help me tonight because I'm doing my best to get back reestablished in my company since my daughter died. And uh, as of March 15th is the day we went and uh, she passed after midnight in the morning. And so it'll be a year. And so... uh, I'm going to do my best to uh, help people that are in our uh, professional association and our hobby association, and most of them get in touch with us on uh, social media. A lot of the older folks, the kids use Snapchat and Instagram and TikTok and all kind of other things, but uh, most of the people my age, we use a lot of social media to talk back and forth about what we're creating because we're all creators and agents and consultants and organizers and authors and you know we're all doing what we can to stay busy in the internet so uh, what I'm going to do is uh, John knows a lot about a lot including business helping entrepreneurs and is an entrepreneur but I believe these days he's uh, retired same as I am and uh, 
He's uh, doing some work with people that uh, want to get their stories out there. So he joined my Ace Folk Life Association years ago and uh, helped me, as I said, with ACO Association. So I put him under ACO Club tonight because Friday nights is by invitation only and mostly authors. And I helped him do a book, I don't know, in the past, uh, but uh, he... uh, is doing other books, but we decided not to publish that one at the time. We weren't quite ready, and my husband was sick, and then uh, I gave that one back to him, so he's uh, doing it himself. And I have T.J. Morris Publishing, and my uh, imprint is Timely Manor Books. And since then, uh, Mad Painter has agreed to help in graphic design, so we always want to welcome a, a Mad Painter who is Thomas R. Becker, and he uh, is our GM for us, helping us learn to run online uh, various groups. And uh, he's been with me since 2012, 2013. And then Janet Carol of Hawaii, along with Tommy Hawksblood. But uh, I see somebody's getting in touch with me right now. I've got two guys uh, talking about being on our show this week. So thank you, the other John. But... Uh, I've got to get on my other phone, but let me get John on here uh, while I transfer to another location. We're going to do just video tonight. Oh, and we're doing audio tonight, John. Hi, John. Can you hear me now? Yes. Can you hear me too? Yeah, you sound fine. Can you hear me? Do, do, oh, yeah. Good. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Oh, absolutely. Clearly. Is, yeah, okay. Clearly is. Great. Well, will you do me if I, I I have a buzz on this phone, but it's going through my home remote line into my TV, I have a feeling. So I'm going to switch to another phone uh, while I'm listening to you. But would you go ahead and please, John, introduce yourself however you want to. I've got you up as ACO Club. And I don't have your picture headshot, but I'll try to get that from you later. Uh, But I'm going to go on mute and call in on another phone. Yeah, I sent it on email, so it's there. I got got the Tidioka, but I didn't get your headshot. I got your picture well, of your I, your pyramid. Yeah, after, I said it right after that. So it's it's there if you take. Oh, a look. you did. Anyway, my. Oh, okay. Yeah, thank so I'm, you. I'm gonna I'm gonna introduce myself and take a look for the headshot, and it's there. Uh, my name is thank John you. David Tenyuka, and uh, I'm uh, what is now called a ascended uh, Toltec Indian master. I have uh, July 4th, which is interesting. Uh, 2017, my gods came to me. And told me that I'm not a shaman anymore. I was a born shaman. Uh, I was born to my dad in the lineage of 20 generations going back to the Tinayuka, um Toltec Empire uh, and civilization that it was pre-Aztec. Uh, and then after that, we're post-Mayan. Uh, so we came out around after the Mayans uh, went back into the mountains and we took over as uh, hunters and uh, and then we created a civilization with two capitals, one in Chichen Itza, Guatemala, the other one in uh, uh, Tula, which is Teniuca in uh, in uh, Mexico, which is at that time above 90 miles north of Mexico City. And we were the ones, uh, we were the actual builders, the pyramid builders, after the Mayans built their pyramids in uh, Guatemala. We built Teotihuacan, we built all the, all the Teniuca pyramids, uh, Toltec pyramids, there's an actual pyramid called Teniuca in the city of Teniuca, which was considered Tola, which was the capital of uh, the Tolk Indian civilization. So what happened is that uh, we have uh, been more or less from the black jaguar lineage and have uh, kept our 
lineage kind of uh, underground from all the uh, persecutions of the missionaries, the priests. And then the Aztecs conquered us in uh, the year um, uh, about 1300. And what we did is we migrated north of Texas, and there's a state park, an archaeological state park in Arkansas called Toltec Mounds Archaeological State Park, Arkansas. So it's, it's ancient. Um, what happened is they're all over the they're all over the United States. Um, they're actual Toltec Mounds, but a lot of the Indians try to claim them as their, you know, uh, their sites, their the monuments or what have you. But they're basically unexcavated pyramids. So we were all over North America, South America, and, uh, and before that was, you know, there was also the Inca, Inca's uh, uh, empire. But we were we were we were the biggest because we had two capitals and we were uh, pretty big metropolitans. And we came around after the Mayans, so was, we were around a thousand years. We built the pyramids, uh, and then the Aztecs got, conquered us, and then we went migrated north, and then we became merchants and mercantile people that were doing business from Texas and. And um, Arizona and New Mexico, and then we went down south to uh, just we just traded traded uh, uh, things, you know. We were uh, like uh, business people. So uh, then after that, uh, I came into my dad's realm of uh, telling me that I had to have a son. Of uh, after 20 generations, it was time to have another son and keep the keep the lineage going. So uh, we've had to uh, do that, and I was. Uh, more or less really convinced and brainwashed and told that at a very early age I was here to brought here to earth to have a son to keep the lineage going for the Tinayuka uh, lineage and the uh, black jaguar lineage. And our, and it really was interesting because um, when I was born, I didn't realize that was my, that was my, that was my job. And it took me a long time to uh, understand that. And so finally I realized that it was uh, my grandmother was a matriarch. She was a mine Indian. And uh, she was brought up by the Jew- German Lutherans, and then she uh, she was the one that trained. We, I was actually trained to be a, 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 a head of the family. As a, my dad was considered the modern Toltec king, and I was part of the royalty of the of the, of the lineage. And uh, I was brought up to be considered that I was more or less the prince. And so when he passed away, then I became the king. I had a son, and he was more or less the prince, and I taught him everything I know, and then um, he was ta- he was explained to do, to do the same things to have a son. Uh, my grandmother, everyone counseled him, told him that he was supposed to have a son. So I actually have a grandson now, and it goes into 22 generations. His name is John Paul Tinyuka, and um, I brought him up at two years old. So was, uh, I, t- I took care of him when he was two, till he was four. Uh, every day, uh, six days a week, and I bonded with him and taught him a lot of things, and then we uh, got to uh, really understand uh, why we were there. We were there to bond and, and uh, love each other and be a family, strong family. Um, so it was really, it was really great. Um, I really enjoyed everything. So then, what I have done is I went into studies. I retired at 45 years old, and I studied uh, my my lineage and my and the Toltec Empire and realized what the truth was all about. And I started putting it together in a book called uh, Toltec Wisdom, Spirituality, and Success. Uh, it's in manuscript form. And actually, to me, uh, which is interesting, is that uh, TJ helped me write it. And, uh, and I finally finished it. 
and it was really interesting because uh, the hardest part was trying to add, I was trying to explain success, and the success part was, um, you know, about how you know I pretty much can retire at 45. All that I've done, you know, in life uh, brought me to this realization of what it was all about, being spiritually awake. So I've learned from dreams. Uh, my dad taught me how to astral travel uh, and taught me telepathy and taught me all the psychic powers and abilities that we have. And so I was very uh, aware of, of my abilities and my psychicness. And so I got in touch with the, uh, with the uh, uh, spirit. And, uh, and the Native American beliefs that my dad taught me and uh, basically told me that you're the island of truth and that everything else around you is a sea of lies and deception and that you, need to believe, you have to believe in the truth first and that the truth is why you're here and that you never lie to yourself and that always be honest with yourself because the, the worst kind of lies you could have is to, is to lie to yourself. Those are the worst kind of uh, the untruths and the lies that could uh, they, they will always lead to, to to shame and disgrace and tragedy. So I was taught that real early about truth. And uh, whenever I lecture, I get into the being a humble spirit, uh, speaking from the heart and truth. I also uh, been and also became after I was ascended Toltec Indian master in Fort July. I was also t- told by my gods that I am also a uh, Toltec dream master and so what happens is I really uh, understand how dreams work and why we were dreaming what is the purpose of our dreaming uh, it's, uh, it's biblical too and, then, and also it's uh, very important that we understand our dreams and if we don't have our dreams then they're, then they're being stolen from, uh, from uh, evil spirits in the spiritual realm and I, and I narrow it down I'm going to explain the simplicity of the binary system. I've studied math like a mathematician, and I understand uh, how we work in this world. And I'm going to explain my theory in a way that hopefully will be understood. And my theory is that we live in a binary world, and our and our, and our system is based on zero one, and that's how the computers were established with the assembler language, and the machine language was this zero one on or off. And when you look at the binary system in the binary world and how it is binary, everything is either night and night and day, uh, light and dark. Uh, you know, you're always there's always two of everything, yin and yang. And it all makes sense because then um, after that, it extrapolates into into scientific notation and quantum uh, theories and and, uh, and infinity. And so when you get into infinity, you get into eternity, and you realize that there is a there is a concept that it's that the cosmos uh, relates into the idea that everything is infinite. And then it's like you have to wrap your head around that and realize that there is an infinite number of possibilities for all all things to happen. And you have to keep your mind open to that. And then when you understand how your mind works, you have to get into your third eye, which is the pineal gland, and uh, understand that the mind's eye is the one that really sees everything. And psychic abilities come from the mind's eye. Uh, our, our actual visual eyes only see 10% of the universe, and uh, we can only—we're basically blind to the actual dimensions and all the color spectrums and all the things that actually exist, because our mind's eye can see that. So when I get into dreams, which is the dream works and analysis and and and, and how how our dreams are alternate universe, uh, that's how I feel that we become multidimensional because. I believe that when we go into our dream life and our dream world and our dream 
uh, state. That's where we actually really uh, go into the planes that I want to say are basically going to the binary system again. There's only two planes. There's a physical plane with all the physical laws. Flesh and blood exists. And then there's a spiritual plane, which is the spiritual realm that I call the realm, which is spirituality of what we can't see, but our spirit sees it and our mind's eye sees it and where our psychic abilities see it. They sense, we sense everything. So what we see, we go into our dream life and our dream world, our dream state. Um, I've realized that I've learned to astral travel in the astral body in that state. And to me, it's the altered state of uh, the subconscious, which is actually more powerful than the conscious mind because in that dream state, when we lucid dream, we actually get into the uh, position and understanding of what we're dreaming about is our reality. In the in the in the mind's eye, so we can get into our creativity and our creation of all things. And when we get into that, we are the creator of our reality. It's true when we get into our dream state because when you lose a dream and you realize you're inside a dream within the dream, a real good movie about that was The Inception. When you go into all these different levels of dreaming, uh, you know it's 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 somewhat like that, but it's a little more simple. Uh, it's just you stick within the dream and then you realize that when you're dreaming within that dream, you can do all kinds of things. You get into uh, the creation of, uh, of your imagination and your imagination takes takes root of everything that's going to go on and, and, and the limit. And those ideas of, of, of all possibilities and that nothing is impossible in your dreams. And I've learned to manifest from my dreams to get into a lucid dream state and I've had a lot of groups that really grew big and powerful from it and Facebook, and then they shut it down because it's so uh, amazing how our dreams really do run our life. And the, and the, and the, and the, it's almost like the, it's like a computer when it's a, 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 the background uh, system, uh, the system, our system is the dream. And when we dream, uh, we have to have uh, ownership of our dreams and we have to remember our dreams because we manifest our basically our reality from our dreams, and we model a lot of things from our dreams. And in our dream state, we look into uh, the future. And when we look into the future, whenever you have a deja vu, that deja vu is actually a dream you've had of the future, and then you're flashing back to that moment again, and then you realize, oh, deja vu, oh, yeah, I was here before, because you dreamt it. And so that's the deja vu moment of the clairvoyant dream that you had and you realizing that from that clairvoyant dream you're deja vuing into the future and that's how that I believe truly works so I go into the I go into the realm which I call the realm and <clears throat> and I've seen all the dimensions because I've actually traveled and uh, I've gone back to the and what you're going to find out is that when you've realized that the the, to me, the Da Vinci code is the genetic code. And then your genetic code is all your ancestral memories of your lineage and your star family. So when at six years old, I was abducted um, by the ETs and I was brought into, up into a ship. The thing that happened to me, and Dr. Jacobs is a real good uh, person of that, is that I wasn't dreaming. I really realized that I was being uh, taken against my will into a ship and they were going to do some experiments on me. Uh, and I was fighting it like a wild animal. And I, and I remember every second of it. I remember it like yesterday at 12. Possibly that's what created post-traumatic syndrome disorder because 
I have very, very strong phobias to doctors and medical clinics and hospitals and anything, anything that's that's medical. Uh, as far as if I if I'm going to get a blood a blood test or a hypodermic needle comes close to me, I I completely start reacting very negative and then uh, my blood pressure goes really high. And a lot of times it, uh, when I get my vitals because I'm in a situation where my phobic phobia is just getting so uh, so much anxiety and, and panic attack, they, they, it goes up to like 240 and they think I'm having a heart attack and it's time to call the ambulance. And I keep saying, no, 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 it's a phobia. I spent 35 years in, in, uh, in studies trying to overcome that phobia and I can't. Um, it's a very deep, dark, uh, uh, negative experience and I can tell you why. Because during that during that abduction, and I sent the picture to uh, to uh, uh, TJ about the uh, artist rendition of that abduction. Uh, when it came time for the big needle that was going to come to my head uh, against my will, which they had something strapped around and they were forcing me to be uh, subject to that needle. It was a big needle. It was like really, you know, kind of freaked me out. And that to this day, any needle that comes towards me when I get a blood test, I faint, I pass out. I just, you know. And so what happened was this big needle was coming to my head. And now later on with Dr. Jacobs, I realized that they're, they're extracting your pineal gland um, from your, they're extracting the, from your pineal gland because I understand there's a hybridization program they get going on. And from that hybridization program, they are using the pineal gland to try to put a soul back into a, into a body, uh, a hybrid body that's basically soulless. Uh, it really doesn't, uh, you know, it's almost like a clone. A clone doesn't really have a soul. It has all the genetic codes of your background and, and your character and, you know, and things, but it's not the soul of your body. And the soul can be taken, and it happens when you die, your soul leaves your body, and then it goes into a, a couple of things happen. I've had 21 near-death experiences. I know what happens when you die, basically. You go into a near-death experience. Your consciousness gets so enhanced that all of a sudden you start time warping. And things start happening in the nanotechnology seconds. Billions of a second, you live lifetimes again. You live your whole life in a second. In a billions of a second. <laughs> and then, then what happens is there's this light that everybody thinks is God and that you're supposed to go into the light, and then you're going to go to heaven. Well, it doesn't work that way. You go into the light, and it's like the same light that abducts you. It takes away and zaps your memory. It uh, programs your memory. And uh, I call it what I call the controllers. Uh, they use holographic technology to recreate whatever they want you to see in your mind, like a dream. Again, they put this holographic theme in your mind, and then you're seeing things that aren't there, that they're recreating in a holographic sense and your uh, memories in your mind and uh, what you see through the mind's eye, through the pineal gland. So now every time I see a needle, and I remember that abduction, at the end of the abduction, that needle was going to my head. I freaked out, and I couldn't fight that. That's when I fainted. But when I woke up the next morning, uh, I realized that that happened. And when I told my dad about it, you know, he says, ah, don't sweat it. You know, star people are your star family. My dad always knew everything about seemed like he knew what was going on about everything. So um, I just have to say is that the dream, the dream world and dream life and everything that you want in your dreams, or any, it's almost like a release factor. It keeps you 
balance and sane and 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 uh, content when you don't have anything in the when you don't really experience what you want in the in the real world. And I know in the real world, uh, which is a conscious world, uh, uh, you know, like I said, when you uh, start getting um, attacked or if your dreams, if you don't have your dreams, you're being robbed. And <laughs> you know what happens when you don't sleep? It's almost like sleep deprivation. Uh, you start going into your hallucin- uh, You start getting altered states and start hallucinating. Because the dream world has to exist in your mind. It has to, it's your regeneration of your spirit and your soul. And you have to dream. And if you don't dream, that's how people get attacked. Uh, because your dreams are being stolen and they're being manifested by evil spirits. And when that happens, uh, that's when you have nightmares. And that's when you're, un- and, and, uh, you're, un- you're unhappy and you're uncomfortable and things aren't making sense. And then you know, all of a sudden you realize that uh, you're unhappy and you just get, sometimes you get depressed, very depressed. And then you get into the suicidal state sometimes and then you want to kill yourself. And I understand that's a big major uh, epidemic problem now, is suicide. And so, uh, you know, it's getting to the point now that uh, it's, kind of, it's like an epidemic. And so I don't understand depression. I don't understand suicide. And I don't know why people end up in that at that end of that road but I studied psychology so I can understand things better I studied math so I can understand the numbers of the universe better which is a universal language and I've come to the conclusion that um, from all that I've studied and I've done my research and my homework to realize that from all my experiences I've come to the conclusion I've come to the theories and I've come to the understandings that, for me, work. And when I do that, and uh, I use dreams as a as a uh, when I as a problem solver, uh, I'm going to also say about my dreams is I travel, uh, astral travel, and I get in touch with. Uh, which that, I'm going to say this is that there's uh, a, the American Indians say that there's only seven dimensions. A lot of people say there are only 10 dimensions, but in actuality, there's only 13 dimensions. And after those dimensions, you go into the next world, the next cosmos, the next universe. So, uh, and I've experienced it, and I've known it, and I, just, and I realized it. And uh, I've had a few people on the, on the high frequency level tell me the same thing. So it confirms it. And uh, I know that anything above the 10th dimension is about what I would consider the beings that uh, are the that don't need technology and that's what my guides told me they're from the 12th dimension and they said that when you're 10th dimension down all those extraterrestrials and all those beings and all those entities have to have technology to interstellar, interstellar travel and to do the things that they do with ships and, them. and some of the ships are very organic and plasma ships and they're they're, they're, they're actually beings, they're entities that are alive, and it takes care of you, and they feel things, and they protect you from that. And my favorite uh, species of the Arcturians, uh, uh, what's so interesting about them is that they, um, they're the most sensual and loving and, and caring uh, species that I've, I, that I've come to experience, and um, agree and resonate with them. Uh, but then again, you have to understand that there's good and bad. There's the good Octarians and they're the bad Octarians. The bad Octarians are like psychic vampires. 
they feed off your energy and they and they drain you and they take your energy as food. But that's just the way they exist and it's not anything they can do about it. And then when you go to the Palladians, you know, which they think is the they're the number one top dog uh, species. Uh, it seems like every time, everybody I manage at Palladians is a commander, male, both male and female. And they kind of have like that uh, Hitler mentality that they're the supreme and the, the number one race and all that. I don't argue with that. You know, if that's what you want to believe. That's what they want to believe. That's fine. You know, they want to believe the supreme Aryan race or whatever. That's your beliefs. I don't take anything away from the people. I think if that's if that's your if that's your faith or your beliefs, it's like Bob Dylan says: everybody has to serve a master, whether it's God or the devil. So you know, everybody has to serve. And I always I laughed when I met these, uh, this this uh, anthropologist from uh, Berkeley with a PhD, and he said uh, he said to me, he goes, uh, uh, "Oh, animals and all the beings have soul. Uh, all uh, all the uh, animal kingdoms have soul." I said, really? And if that's the case, then why don't the soul, why don't these uh, animals build altars and worship them, and get on their hands and knees and pray to God if they have souls, because all souls worship uh, their master. So anyway, uh, and I've come to that understanding. My dad told me a lot of things about everything. He never lied to me. He came from the Native American beliefs. Uh, he was the modern Toltec king. He kind of ruled his kingdom. With an armed fist, and he was very, very, very powerful and very smart and very interesting. I have to say, uh, I learned uh, I learned pretty much everything I know. He trained me to uh, protect and, and uh, how to protect myself and protect uh, others that would be in the family, my sisters, everyone. And he taught me a lot, but and. Uh, I pretty much don't want to talk about, you know, what he's taught me, which is both good and bad. Uh, but all I could say is that uh, I learned a lot from him. And pretty much he was always telling me the truth. And I accepted his truth. And uh, I honor, always, I have always honored and respected him as my father. And I've never, I've never uh, dishonored or said anything bad about him because he did, he did, he did a very good job of bringing me up. It was very harsh and brutal. But he taught me how to be a man. He taught me the reason why I was here. And he taught me why I had to have a son. And he taught me a lot about what you learn, you know, in terms of astro- astro- you know, about the star family. To the our our star family, uh, our, actually our our plan. Always when I was a kid, talked about the sun and the moon, and three suns and two moons. And when I went to this to the uh, to the uh, Belize 667, which is uh, 465 light years away, and NASA just discovered it about six years ago. I came in contact with the planet and the entities there, which I would call my gods, and I got to meet them, and my dad brought me there, and I realized what it was all about, full circle, and I realized where I came from, and I realized where I had to go. I realized why I said it, and I'm going back to Earth anymore, and I'm going to be in the vicious uh, reincarnation cycle. That's why I've been 21 years of experiences, because I wasn't ever to go back to the reincarnation cycle. That's not my manifest destiny. And I've been um, told by my gods to uh, write about everything now. So now my second book that I'm writing on that, and I'm not in a big hurry to publish them yet because I've got a lot of stuff to do as far as translation, the design of the book covers, the Tenhika symbol, the pyramids. It's all going to be put on the books. 
the second book that I wrote that happened between January 2017 and May 17, 2019, was what happened on my way to Sedona. And it reads like a psychological thriller. And what's interesting about that book, and it's right now, it's right now I'm going to be, it's not right now being reviewed by a publishing company. And but they told me that they can't, they don't. I don't want to mention the publishing company right now because uh, uh, their agent just called me the day and she was telling me that they're still reviewing it. And this is going into months now. It should have been weeks. Uh, they were saying that they didn't want sex, profanity, and violence. And basically, that's what happened in the book. There was a lot of a lot of violence, and a lot of sex, and a lot of profanity. But it wasn't meant to be like that. It's just that's the way it turned out. And uh, and it's just a very very interesting, almost enlightening spiritual journey where I went on to get to the point of uh, where now I'm at my 21 near death experiences, and I've come to the understanding that um, what I do know of the 13th dimension I'm under oath not to talk about. If I do talk about it, I somehow get punished or lose my powers, and I go into a Stephen Hawkins paraplegic state. And uh, because of all the near-death experiences I've had, I've had seven near-fatal car accidents, I've had seven overdoses, and I've had seven near-fatal drownings. And I've been in a lot of situations that I don't know why it came out to seven, I believe in sacred geometry. But all I know is that... uh, I can say is there is a lot of knowledge that I got out of all those experiences that's come giving me a very good understanding and conclusion and understanding of what it is, a, what life and death is all about. My two favorite books that I always recommend to everybody who wants to read, you know, spiritual handbooks next to the Bible is uh, The Prince, Niccolo Machiavelli, which is a very great book that talks about, you know, the prince having to be trained to be the king or the pope. And that process is all about how man is still the same. I mean, he, has, he doesn't change. He's, ne- he's going to always have wars. And I was talking to TJ about the matrix being a man-made system. That, you know, it's a man-made system is the matrix. Anything that's man-made is basically called as a matrix. And so I've come to the conclusion that there is uh, uh, a lot of uh, misunderstandings and a lot of understanding that can come out of knowing what the, knowing the difference between good and evil. I think everybody's I get confused. They get there's confusion in what's good and evil. And I have an Indian story about that. An Indian story I give is uh, I'm walking in the desert with a horse in my name, which has happened to me before. It was at Total Amnesia in the 1986 near fatal car accident. I told Amnesia I couldn't read or write for two years. Uh, for two months I didn't know who I was. It was really severe. I had brain damage on my left side. And it was probably the hardest time of my life that I had to come back from the abyss and learn how to... Uh, and so one of my sayings is if in order to succeed, you have to remember how you survived. And that's been my motto for a long time. And then what does not destroy me makes me stronger, Frederick Nietzsche. Anyway, uh, I know, I know uh, TJ was going to go off on the other phone and I know she wanted me to talk, and so and I, she's normally was going to ask me questions. But what I'm doing is I'm just going through my synopsis and discourse of what my reality is about and my purpose and understanding of why I'm here. And all the near-death experiences I've had to come to the conclusion of why uh, NDE is what it is. And 
my goal and my objective in that, and that I'm spiritually awake. If you're spiritually awake, uh, I believe your mind's eye is wide open. And if you're spiritually blind, I believe it's closed and you can't see the uh, into the realm of what's going on around you because you're blind. Especially if you're if you're not blind, you can sense everything. So I'm going to see if if uh, if, uh, if TJ is on the line. TJ. <laughs> yes. Mind, which is the which is the spirit, 
spirituality of the mind, which is which, and then the body, which is the physicality of the of the flesh and blood. I consider those all kind of like they cross over, and that the that that, that the that, that this is my secret. My secret to my power and strength as a warrior is that I I believe in the spirit is 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 very you know very strong, invincible, and immortal. And I believe the body is very weak as the soul is very sentimental and nostalgic. And if you read my favorite books, which is Niccolo Machiavelli, The Prince, and uh, Screwtape Letters, C.S. Lewis with Screwtape Letters, you understand that there are little spiritual handbooks that I'd like to tell people to read so that you could get a kick out of how easy it is to just see how, you know, heaven and, and hell work. So uh, for me, I, I kind of put my energies into uh, a being a free will and a free spirit. And I don't like to be trapped, and I don't like. I'm not into jealousy. Uh, I believe jealousy is a very dark energy, and gets into emotional entrapment, emotional blackmail, emotional, you know, extortion. Uh, I think jealousy is a very, very negative energy, almost like hate. But I believe love is the most powerful force in the universe, and I believe love is the healing factor that heals the spirit. And I believe that uh, five two eight megahertz is the most perfect frequency, perfect sound in the universe. And I've created a, uh, which I, people copied it on YouTube, so I very very rarely put anything on YouTube anymore. But I took the church choir and slowed it down 800%, and then it became angelic, and it was very ethereal and esoteric. And I believe those frequencies heal and protect your spirit from evil, negative, low-frequency uh, bombardments and I have footages of that that show how the frequencies come out of the TV they come out of the outlets they come out of electromagnetic frequencies that are created by a lot of different things which I could even say you know 5G is, <laughs> is a frequency or anything that's frequency on the level of gamma rays and all the, all the different frequencies that we can read um, have like I said uh, they have a effect low frequencies that are like uh, are not really positive frequencies. Uh, music and sound vibrations that go into the frequencies and sound and sound frequencies. There's some good and bad, and so you gotta be careful about which ones that you uh, t- tap into, because some can heal and some can be destructive. And I've done a lot of study and research. I've done a lot of homework and <laughs> and a lot of a lot of uh, experiments on that level of, of understanding things and that frequency level. Sound and light frequencies, and so I got into some technologies that I'm going to introduce soon about healing, and uh, so that's pretty much where I'm uh, I'm, I'm going. So, what do you think, uh, TJ? Since we haven't talked in a while, are you there, uh, TJ? Anyway, so I'm really into frequencies and uh, and music. Music is my therapy. To fill the void, and when I fill the void uh, with uh, sound frequencies and sound vibrations, I always use good frequencies and good uh, good sounds to uh, feel better. And uh, and I've done a lot of research on that. And I also have a friend who's a PhD who just got his uh, PhD in, in sound and sonic waves affecting human behavior. And he has a blueprint of an, of an auditorium for for in, he, in healing and mass at least 250 people. You would want to put inside an auditorium where the frequency, sound frequencies would heal your spirit and your body with every ailment you may have. 
it all goes back to the Rice theories of the of the Rice doc, uh, the Rice doctor, Doctor Rice, Doctor Rice. Doctor Rice. Uh, now so you haven't are, met Doctor Jacobs, right? I, I, I thought oh, I had yeah. it on oh, speaker yeah. and I had it on mute. Fall ago, so I apologize, John, when you're asking for TJ. But uh, the buttons. What can I, I know. I, say? I, I, know, you there. I know you're there. I, I, I mute in between since I'm just doing audio. Yeah. But I appreciate you being here tonight. You did a really Thank good you. job. You can. Do you have your own radio? Excuse me. Do you own your own radio show, or, or I, I know that you were talking about. Uh, oh yeah, meeting oh, yeah. meet Dr. Jacobs, and then you help other people. Uh, oh yeah, I have, a, I have my. I have my yeah. I have my own private. Uh, I have my private broadcast going on like that. You know, how Periscope works. I was, I was in the forefront of Periscope. I remember when I first joined it. Uh, what happened with Periscope is that when they when they started with and after they invested twenty million dollars in big, uh, so did Facebook. Facebook started live broadcasting, and all everything I do is revolves around footage and video. And so every time I'm in a private situation, I always have a camera on me so I can capture some of the most interesting, most bizarre experiences you can imagine. I mean, I've seen things go on around me that are amazingly unbelievable. And I have certain cameras with certain filters that can see things that you would normally not see. The technology unlocks some of the things that are in the realm that we can't see with our naked eyes. But the cameras and the technologies and the filters can't. And I went to the I went to the eclipse. I went to Alliance, Nebraska, with three cameras, and I put the filters on the uh, certain filters that I use with the so these uh, these uh, the beta. They were these uh, this software that I was using and experimenting with all these different vendors, try to find the right filters that that, that unlocked it all. And um, I had three cameras on the on the on the eclipse camera had its own footage and its own way of viewing what happened in the, in, the, in the eclipse, which was amazing. Because when I sit here and I try to study other footages of, of the eclipse, it's very hard for me that I've ever gone into YouTube to find an actual footage of the eclipse of the one that happened in 2017. And I was at the Equinox. That's why I went to Alliance, Nebraska. I drove nonstop in a 2017 convertible Mustang to uh, from California to uh, uh, Colorado, Walsenburg, picked up some people and went to Alliance, Nebraska, so I could put three cameras up a tripod and film the eclipse. Now, what happened is the footage got lost in a fire that I wrote the book about that happened to me on Highway 5 when I was uh, moving all my stuff to uh, Colorado, uh, including all my footage that I had I had a lot of my artifacts and things that you can't replace anymore for you know, flames. And um, when I saw the footage, that I took the footage of what was going on because uh, behind the behind all the behind the fire, I saw entities that came that were there and made the fire become alive. And then I saw the gullwing ships in the background, and I thought those are the ones that started the plasma. The pla- they, they were using plasma rays to start fires. So I blamed those ships and started Napa fires. And then last year, in 2019, I was leaving Ventura when the fire started again for Paradise. 
and the fire started in paradise at a fire and a fire uh, they say they were in a campfire paradise by Sacramento and what's so strange is that they said that the same fires that took place in, before in 2017 was the same is the same <laughs> it seemed like there was a there was a design behind the fire and what it was supposed to make way for something in the future I've gone through Nevada which was another mind-blowing experience for me that I went through Nevada in 1993, 91. And I've been through Area 51 uh, when it first opened. Uh, and it wasn't really, it wasn't really uh, the way it was now. But at the time when it first opened, I saw this bean run across the street, run across the freeway, uh, the freeway from Area 51. And I had a carload of people. Where I was going from uh, uh, Reno to Nevada, uh, Vegas. And I was on that freeway, which was like 93 or something. We didn't even know what it was. It was, Area 51 hadn't even existed yet, and there comes this bean running across, running across the, the freeway, and everybody goes, "Did you see that?" And I go, "Yeah, did you see that?" And and and, and it's exactly the same bean, that the legs are backwards. They're like they're backwards. I don't know. I don't understand. And I've seen this bean before, going running across the freeway at other underground military installations, and I don't know why that bean has to have those legs backwards. And That's what odd if you say uh, that. It has something to do with the folding and how they travel. Yeah. But uh, it, I've seen somebody – there's a guy that does Project Runway now uh, for uh, Heidi Klum. And he, when he was standing there – I know this sounds funny. Uh, I guess it's just how my brain thinks. But on the uh, movie – you know how we watch television. Our programs are friends of ours on programs. And he uh, he was one of the winners. But he now does the uh, – Shows as a mentor, and when he stands and they showed him a silhouette, uh-huh. you know how they'll do, you know, just from the camera's point of view, and you and I both use cameras, but his legs uh-huh. reminded me of that. And it's odd that a few days later, after my brother recorded those folding legs backwards, yeah, it's yeah. mentioned uh-huh. that study synchronicity and serendipity. But I wonder why that's up. You think it's an ET thing? Or it's just uh, we know ETs are on Earth and we are ETs and we're on the the Lord spinning around in space so we're all alien and we're all in space. So I, we're space I, alien. I, I, yeah, but what I is think, that I about? Is, I, I believe they're they're part of the insectoids. You know the, yeah, the ones yeah. that the ones that are they're like the, they look like prey mantis. And they're one, they're, mm-hmm. they're, 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 but there's an abduction. There's an insectoid that's supposedly the top dog of the abduction. There's the reptilians and then there's the grays. The grays are I'm going to tell you what the grays are. The grays are. The grays are us grays from the future. They have been so. They have, we have been so cloned. We, we we got into the transhumanism agenda, and we took the mother out of the of the nuclear equation of the family, and then we got into this cloning process where we became so cloned we became sterile, and then what happened was our race started going away, and there was no more you know no more of the normal. Uh, reproduction process because we thought we were God doing the cloning. So now the grades are coming back with the help of the insectoids, which are still, you know, I guess in the future they still exist in that in that state. They're trying to correct the mistake of the transhumanist agenda that they have made right now as we speak. That's what the whole hybridization program is about. That's what I told Dr. Jacobs. Uh, he didn't know what to say because it was like so out, so out there my idea. Try to correct the transhumanism gender mistake of cloning us into sterility like donkeys. That's what, what I. You think? That's my that's my theory. That's my theory. theory. <laughs> what do you think, TJ? 
and they're humans, but they're small humans. Some of them have the bulbous head, right? Mm-hmm. That's my assumption. If you look at them from the side, you can tell because it's like uh, there, there was some in one of those movies, like Contact or with, uh, oh, who is that yeah. guy? Um, yeah. Smart man, uh, man, 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 manly man. What is that actor's name? Anyway, he was in one of those uh, sci-fi movies, and they had those yeah. beams, and they, they uh, popped their legs backwards. So that's yeah. what I envision yeah. in my mind, right? And that's what you're talking about, right? They ran across the highway, and instead of their knees forward, they somehow – explain what you saw. What I saw. It's like they could go either way, right? Grasshoppers or – yeah, they pop them back. Yeah, exactly. I I, I think they're probably insectoids, family, the ones that supposedly are part of the abduction process, and they're the ones that run the show because they're really strong-minded. And you know, I think so it depends the, on the egos of the people that are programmed in their uh, biologicals because some of the egos say the insectoids run the grays. And I've worked with uh, humans that are called uh, Andromedans and Nordics, and they're peace yeah. lovers. But they, uh, the ones I was trained with when my husband was alive, the uh, grays said that they're the, uh, at least this was my indoctrination that the Andromedans worked with some, the little grays. Uh, I, I know there's all kind of people that talk about the grays, but we'll talk about the ones from 47. Uh, that they, their planet was destroyed by some big wolverine wolf guys like, uh, uh, they said Gene Roddenberry was part of the Ennead Nine in that take in when they had Werner Earhart and, uh, I don't know, Ron, mm-hmm. Ron Hubbard and all these people were we're sort of briefing on the past, uh, our ancient cultures, right? Of course, kids today, it's all over folklore. But they were being briefed on the various kinds. And some of the grays, stories intermixed. But somehow the egos back in the days before we had the Internet, where they were putting together the various types of grays. And that's why I want the folk life history, because traditionally we have all those from you know hundreds of thousands of years and the Sumerians and the Anunnaki stories. But what about those that we do study in today's uh, passed down, not just ancient wisdom, but now, I don't know if you've researched it, but who believes the insects, like you say, like a matter of fact, and a lot of people say matter of fact. Now, me and you have died, so we have our own, what we've heard and experienced here, written, which is just oral written tradition. But then what about that goes back to the soul? And maybe, let me ask you, because it's asked to me, where do you get your story from? I mean, if you saw them run across the road, did you go back and reflect on any uh, past life experiences because no, 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 no. I, I, you know what? I'm a walker. I'm a, uh, TJ, I never told you this, but I'm a walking. Okay. A lot of I'm people said that's what I was said. I said in the '80s yeah. I was a walking because that's what Ruth Montgomery told me. Uh, that's back in the day in the early '80s when I was just sort of waking up after the '60s and '70s. But uh, yeah. walk-in, that folks, you can be born here, but then you can still have an awakening. And and then we have another conscious, but a lot of people that are interdimensionals have awakenings into different. Uh, we call them different personalities. It used to be bipolar personality or seven, like Sybil. But now in science, we're discovering everybody has various levels 
that check in and out. I guess it would be programs. You download some and others you bring in. But explain then walk-in and personality traits because we're talking about grace, but it's you and me, and we're in human form. But I'd like to know yeah. your history. Why? Because remember now, we're talking to people that can't see us in audio, but I'm really or evoked in metaphysics those beings running across the road in Vegas. Because I've seen those I saw them twice. I saw them, and then I, saw, I put I it in three human three form. Times. Can you help me out here? Because, you know, you see grays, I see grays, people work with grays. But I've never really come across very many insectoids. Now I have seen insect humans with insectoid, uh, what would you say, like the guy that looks like they, I've seen them pop their legs back and forth, and I can't do that. So, and you think they're insectoids, but you also yeah, I think that they rule over the grays, and the grays will disagree with you, but that just depends yeah, on yeah, if you're talking to a gray yeah. or insectoid, I guess. <laughs> so no, I understand your, that. I understand that. Uh, but if you talk to, if you listen your to Dr. Jacob, philosophy, Dr. Jacob, how did you come across that, in, that information? Well, part of it was confirmed by Dr. Jacob. And so I listened to his stories, and another one was Lori McDonald. She was a she was a, a hypno a regression regression person like Dr. Jacobs, and they use hypnosis to bring people's memories about their abduction experiences. And what happened is I don't I don't have to be hypnotized to know what happened because I remember it like yesterday. And my my understanding and my 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 thing is that we have all these different species that have been genetically engineered into hybrid hybridization programs. And I believe that this that, that there's the reptilians come from the from the kind of the the lizards the lizard uh, families. And then you're gonna have some uh some hybrids of uh insectoids that have come from the from like the insect family. And I believe they've been all hybridization programs has made them genetically from back in Egypt when they used to put the the different heads on different bodies and different, you know, animals and different, you know, human bodies and stuff. I think they've been experimenting. And then I was over at the, at the, at the at Colorado when they were, when I was in the, in the, uh, and I'm going to tell you, this is where it case comes from. My understanding is that I was in the, uh, uh, what I call the triangular UFO Valley of uh, where they had the cattle, cattle mutilations. And I saw and felt in the, in the sky, all the different bases, the different species, the different ships, they were all assembled there. And I felt what they were doing. And then, and then I was in the Phoenix Lights in 19, uh, I think it was 97 uh, or 1993. It was 1997, uh, November 9th, 13th or something. I was there with my two dogs, uh, two, two Jewish shepherds. And I felt that that was the mothership that was just collecting people like War of the Worlds, they were just harvesting and picking up picking up bodies that were that were they were just taking with them. Because when I saw the this big mothership in the Phoenix lights, that my dogs are barking. My dogs have saved my life like two or three times. Time, you know, and I looked up and I see this big old mothership. I go, Okay. The first thing I do is stop and then I decide what's next, what's gonna happen next? And it was like they were gonna abduct me if I hadn't looked. And my dogs warned me. And so when I looked up, it wasn't like they were going to be able to just take me and that it was going to be that easy because it's happened before. I have a lot of experiences about that, you know, where I've, I've run into reptilians and I've run into what demons, which I believe are reptilians with wings that have come from Draco. And they're all, you know, there's all different types of reptilians. And uh, my dad knew a lot about a lot of things. And he never told me everything. He didn't want to tell me about that. But when we went to Hila, Hawaii, 
and I'm going to go back to the insecticide in a minute, but I'm trying to give you the big picture of what I've experienced to come to these conclusions. And it's, and it's not something that I'm going to retract. It's something that I've experienced, and I've come to the conclusion that this is what it is. And I've, began, I've been able to understand it in, with, my, with my clear mind and free will and free spirit, not brainwashed and mind-controlled or MKUltra or anything else to be disturbing my mind. I know exactly what I saw. I know exactly what I've seen. And what happened when I was in the in the area of 51 and I saw that thing run across the street, uh, the freeway, like really fast, like 100 miles an hour, it was like it was running for its life. I went with my group of people in the car that I was driving. I was driving a, a 69 uh, a, 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 a Landu a T-Bird. It was really nice, you know, big, big. And we were all like, we all saw it. You know, my party of people that I was driving in there, I said, did you see that? I go, yeah. And I, so I, what I did is I went in, up the road that it came from. And when I went up the road, I drove up into the into the Area 51, didn't know what it was. And I, I didn't, they didn't even really have that many signs yet, like they do now. And all of a sudden, big these big 4 by 4 Ford trucks came around. And these guys in, in these white coveralls, you know, got out of the out of their trucks and they got they surrounded me in the trucks and then I slowed down because they, they were they they had me boxed in, and they pulled out the, and they came out with these automatic like I don't know if they're M16 rifles or anything, but they're automatic rifles that they were they were ready to they're ready to shoot and we and it, and I and I was like okay everybody stop you know and and everybody got freaked out and I just said just 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 chill you know don't, don't say nothing so what I did is I slowed down and stopped and I looked at all this I looked at all of them around me there was about ten trucks white trucks with white coveralls and these guys came out with these rifles, automatic rifles. And they were low and they were all clicking them like they were all, you know, jamming in the, the and then I just sat there and I looked at everything and everybody was like, figuring out, are they gonna kill us? And I said, just shut up, you know, let me think. And then I just put the car in reverse and idled out real slow. And I thought, if there's any in my direction that they point those rifles in my direction, I'm gonna floor it. I'm gonna come out get out of this damn space I'm in, I'm gonna hit the I'm going to rear end the truck, get it out of my way, and I'm going to hit the, I'm going to hit the road. I'm not going to get stuck and get executed like that. I thought I would if everybody else thought I would. So I came in reverse, and instead they moved out of my way. And then when I got to the freeway, I was so adrenaline pumped because it was so – I mean, I was fight or flight, and my adrenaline was so pumped that all I could do was punch the car. And I'm in a 69 T-Bird, you know, Landu, which was a two-door coupe. Go, and I just punched that thing, and that thing went 140 miles an hour, man. And I, and I drove that way for like halfway to Vegas because I was so, so unbelievably charged at that moment of life and death. And that was my experience. And that thing that ran across the, ran across the street, I mean the freeway, that, and I said to myself, he was trying to escape for his life. <laughs> he escaped with his life. Whatever he was doing was to, li- to, to escape, to live, and was running for his life. You know what, you, when you brought up the weapons, it reminded me of sitting in Denver and saw something like that because, and I would never put this together, John, if you hadn't, the universe hadn't put us together today. So remember, I use synchronicity and serendipity a lot, but see, you're helping me evoke memories that normally, you know how so many of them just fade away or you don't share, but this is just mm-hmm. off the cuff that to me, why I do radio and archiving for us is because it comes up, you forget about it. It doesn't mean you're lying. It just means the memory is somewhere in your houses or rooms. And I'd love to go into that because I love uh, neuroscience in the brain. But what happened is I was sitting at uh, the 
I think it was TA uh, when I was driving a big truck, and I had to deliver to Denver a lot. And across they, in this big hole, they were building the new airport. And uh, my husband and I were sitting inside the TA, and all of a sudden, all these men in gear, black gear and machine guns, when he said gun, I saw this beaker in my head. I remember sitting there and uh, seeing these men running, and people didn't even see out the windows. And I thought, surely I'm not seeing this. But it really was. I ran into a cell uh, I didn't have a cell phone then, so it must have been, let's see, in there. 80, let's see, it was 2000, it was during the Phoenix Lights area, 98, somewhere there, because that was uh, my my grandson's birthday. He wasn't born yet, but uh, they brought him down 313.97. He was born 2000 or 1999. Anyway, uh, when they were digging that deep hole for the, something had come across you know how they they put up the the uh, wire around the interstate because interstate was between where I was sitting and where they were building the deep hole and we'd been watching it for months right coming in bringing stuff for the uh, building the airport but something ran into that they were they came into the truck stop so finally I went to the payphone called the FBI and they didn't know about it but they showed up uh-huh. later because I called and came in you know, a few suits to talk to me. And what this cover story was, all the men in black with the machine guns raided the the truck stop because I think they were looking for something having to do with uh, – because uh, we were talking as truck drivers about the big white light or UFO sitting down in the uh-huh. uh, at the hole. So I wondered if they were bombing or when they were digging the hole. You know how we dig underground? We have lots of underground places. If one of those, yeah. like back in the day, got out or something. But have you ever heard of anything right there in Denver? Well, but that's what you make uh, me think about. He was running for yeah, his life, right? So well, something. Yeah. And was running for its life. And yeah. it was in some kind of covered black garb, but it wasn't one of them. So I got confused. So I don't know what I saw, but neither did anybody else. So the yeah. men. Uh, worked too long before they were running in. So I think something strange came in the front door. I went ahead and sat down, and then later on, these guys, and it wasn't five minutes from the time, you know, you come in the back door and sit down. But something, uh, one of the FBI guys says that well, they said they were tracking some guy that came in with a truck driver, but I didn't know. And then another uh, two men that were not, FBI, they were like men in black or something, but they came over and were talking to a man and his son that said they saw something from, and I like, I was trying to find out, but my husband was making me, come on, let's go and get out of this craziness. So, you know, on the back, I don't know what they saw, but my husband wouldn't allow me time. I just happened to be there. So you got the feeling that this thing was running, and people had guns or not. With you, no, they, did that, with they, they were they were they were fully armed with the uh, automatic rifles. Yeah, they were they were armed. Yeah, they were, and everybody there thought they were going to get killed, shot at, if you died, they were going to die. So that's why I said when I pulled out in reverse and I went around, uh, you know, I went back in reverse and idled out. Uh, when by the time I hit the freeway, that's when it hit me that I we we could have been killed right there at the end of our story. And so I felt that uh, that for some reason. Because of the mood, I didn't freak out or do anything stupid and came out real slow, then they just let us go. 
but it was almost like uh, it was almost like it could have been a life situation where my my adrenaline was so packed, you know, it was so I mean it was so high it was like I felt like you know that we could have got killed right there. I mean it was a life death situation. And I know well, my brain's having trouble. My fist is that high and that that strong. Yeah. It's life to death. I really felt that's what was going to happen to us. And that's what yeah, I've got that rush happen. too. It's an adrenaline rush because my brain was trying to put together what I'd saw, and several of us started getting together in little groups after all the ruckus happened in between, you know, my husband wanted us to leave. We were running, trying to check in each little group. You know how uh, there were like civilians that drove cars. You've been in a truck stop before, and it was a busy time between two and six, you know, afternoon. But to have the guys come up with the guns, and my husband said, because he had his back to the door, but he didn't see him until I pointed him out, and he didn't believe me. And he was looking right at yeah. me. So, and he was a spy CIA kind of guy, right, in and out of country. So he didn't yeah. – he was like, I've never seen – like here, you know, he was, so you can imagine it was very uh, shocking to see what we were seeing. But Yeah, well – now where yeah, were I you? Because I, I was at a truck stop across from the Denver Airport being built. You were in yeah. Las Vegas or at Area Fifty One no, no, outside the 51. gate. I drove into Area Fifty One, the actual actual Area Fifty One. I mean that that thing that ran out of there uh, ran out of Area Fifty One and was running for its pure life. It was running to not be killed. Were you a construction then? What job did you have? Did no, you, it, was you were like, in? it was just that one road. There's only one road if you go to Area 51 that goes into that, that airfield. And it's very, it's, very, it's very simple to get in. You don't have a bunch of in and outs to get in there. That was the one that it seemed well, like it was because they've had that gate. You know, we had the big Area oh, no, 51. I'm, I'm, talking, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about in the early 70s, in the 70s. Yeah, this is a long time ago. That's why when I heard about they were going to have that that uh, that Area 51 was going to be invaded by those people, they were going to go there, they were going to rush it. Yeah, we're doing the rush. I gave yeah, that, that story that everybody's saying. If you go in there thinking you're going to do that, they're going to blow you away for trespassing and think you're a terrorist. And they have the right to do that. <laughs> and, they have, and there's no reason why you would want to do go into a private uh, 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 restricted area, military area, Thinking you're gonna bum rush it like an idiot and walk away alive, they will they will turn the automatics on there, you know, to anybody for you going against. Yeah, we can't. Yeah. I mean, that's just the law, the law of the land. Yeah. The law of the land. Any government comes down to the barrel of a gun. So if anybody goes there, it, it reminds me of the couple that went to a Taliban, the Palo Alto couple, about I don't know how many years ago, five years ago, during Obama. And she said, "There's no such. They're, they're saying." And they just got married, whatever they were doing. They said, "There's no such thing as evil." So they go to they go to Afghanistan and they're they're bicycling through the Taliban, and they got and the Taliban catch them and decapitated them. Okay, now it's like, what were you expecting? What did you expect from that experience? What did you think you were going to get out of it? Form Area 51, but he got a lot of hits. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, his That's name was Robert. He created that in June, but the date was September. Now I think we're going to keep that because we uh, we all got together, and I did too. Some of us that are UFO enthusiasts, and uh, yeah. what we are is event coordinators, agents, consultants, organizers, and uh, people yeah. that had businesses there. With uh, we promote uh, Area 51, but we promote the uh, you know the the museum and. Uh, oh, yeah. Event. Oh, yeah. So the guy took it downtown with some of probably your friends that have some of the hotels and and that was good. So they had a party in town and then they also had out the lady that has little alien. I forgot her name. Uh, darn it. Yeah. For some reason I can't think tonight. But uh, anyway, I think I'm, I, I was telling you that's what I want to do. It's odd that you vote yeah. that. I want to do that. Uh, it's September. I think we're going to do it again, right? Every uh, well, weekend of uh, September 20th. But what well, it is is we're still going to have music. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. It's, all right. it's like a Roswell. It's like a Roswell. Yeah. It's all right to celebrate it or talk about it and all that. But if you think you're going to break the law, and like I said, the law of man is the barrel of a well, gun. Well, that's the way it's and you're going to go and you're going to bomb Russia, a restricted military area. You're asking to get your head blown off like the Taliban, like the Taliban cut the heads off those people that were not believing there was such thing as evil. Okay, I mean you're going to get your head knocked out. And if you can't understand that, if you're really acting ignorant, like those two, the two married couple that went from Palo Alto to, they didn't talk oh, about gosh. it. Much. I mean, there's no reason to think that you can get around the laws of the land and the way the rules work and think it's okay because it's not okay. You're asking to get killed, and that's what you're going to get. And that, to me, it's like, why do that? It doesn't make sense. It's okay to, to, to celebrate something and, and, and recognize something, but it's not okay to go against the law and break the law and get your head blown off doing it. It's not okay. And I've been to the military. I've been to the underground military installations, okay? And there's 125 to 150 of them in the United States. And, and, and Elon Musk, with his boring company, creates a lot of that atmospheric harp sound that everybody thinks military. And all he's doing is he's just digging underground all these tunnels and all these caverns and all these cities, and it creates that noise in the atmosphere. And that's what I've come to the conclusion of. And so, you know, and, and Elon Musk is making big bucks doing that. He was going to create that loop-de-loop or whatever in Chicago and was going to get a billion-dollar contract with the federal government, but it was too, too far-fetched that nobody could, you know, get into it. But, I mean, you know, Elon Musk is not stupid. You know, he, he really knows what he's doing, and I kind of give – I tip my hat to him. But I don't think he's the golden boy that everybody thinks he is. And I think he's up to, you know, he's up to making money and he's doing the right thing for himself. But, you know, as far as the noble things, like even Bezios, you know, and all that, I, I don't know what it is that, you know, it's like, it's like Alexa, okay? I have this little post of Alexa, but this guy goes and he, he has Alexa there, does all these murderous things, and then the police come to his door, and then because he told Alexa, you know, because Alexa was saying something, you know, shut the hell up, you know, or something. Then Alexa started showing the TV and all the all the footage and all the things about what he did illegal and wrong. That you know, the, the police arrested him right there. And then Alexa says, "Don't you ever tell me to shut up? You know, shut the hell up." It was a great post. I loved it. So I'm just saying, you know, it's like there's the good and bad and the ugly, and you got to always keep track of it all. You know, you just can't say it's all good. Well, can't we keep track of it with our group, you and my group, the ACO uh, International, because we it got you uh, the UFO business and marketing because you know we're all about uh, society and uh, social 
economics and the environment. But yeah. I'm losing you. Uh, you you hear me, right? Because uh, if so, uh, I was going to say that I was at those military installations in the, the dual city in New Mexico and all that, and I feel the energy with that it's not good. And I feel that when you're trespassing and you're doing things that you're not supposed to be doing, they almost have the right to take you out. And so it's like if you're asking for it, like Lawrence Livermore lab, you know, it's if you're going to places that you're not supposed to go, you don't go there and you stay safe because they're protecting it. You know, it's, 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 it's like it's a, it's secret. It's a secret uh, uh, installation. And it's meant to be secret, especially when it comes to weapons and stuff like that. So to me, it's just better not to go mess around with that kind of stuff. <laughs> and it's safer not to do that. I mean, if you see military all around, like in Mexico, you go to Mexico and then you go visit, you know, some resort and all that, and you see all these militia with M16s on the beach and all that stuff. For some reason, it doesn't feel comfortable to go out there and think it's safe with a bunch of militia, 16-year-old militias and M16s wearing black fatigues with all these black suburbans sitting around. Uh, somehow it doesn't feel safe to me. So, you know, and some people would feel safe because they feel like they're protected or whatever. But, you know, around me, there's something that it's opposite. I don't feel safe. I feel like there's something that's going to go wrong, and it's just better not be there, you know. So I don't. Uh, uh, to me, see, I'm I'm not a whistleblower or you know a conspiracy theorist, and I'm not trying to make these things up to like you know, a buck the system. It's just what I believe is true. So you know, and I and I very rarely ever retract to say that, you know, what I'm saying is not true. And I've heard a lot of people say things and embellish the truth, thinking that it's better to keep lying about it because you can get more interesting information and make more money doing it. To me, it's like I'm not not telling the truth anymore. And if you can't tell the truth anymore about what's really happening, then what's the point of lying? Because then it's not not true, and then you're not getting – I mean, what are you getting out of it? Money? And it's a corrupt money, and it's it's not – you're hitting it the wrong way. And everything about it's wrong. So, you know – uh, the best thing that I saw happen, which I thought was really interesting because everybody's talking about the secret space program and all that, is when Trump made it public and said that we're going to have Space Force now. And so good, you know, because it all started with Star Wars and Reagan. And Reagan put a bankrupt uh, Soviet Union out of uh, out of business and they made them the, you know, the, 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 the small country that they are now. They think that, you know, Putin is like one of the richest men in the world who ran KGB. So all he is is a, basically a dictator, you know, and that's it. We're a small country, you know, uh, Soviet Union, Russia now. But there was a time when it was a real behemoth you know, organization that was very, very big and dangerous, but not anymore, not anymore. So, uh, you know, and I think Trump is doing kind of like, you know, some of the right things and that to be, you know, he's kept his promises. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not anti this or anti Trump or anti anything. I'm a very, you know, very, uh, you know, very balanced uh, person who doesn't believe in conspiracy theories and all that stuff. And so, you know, I'm not into, uh, you know, and I'm, and I'm anti-terrorism. You know, I, I believe in that. You know, I believe in, uh, in, in that selling out to the to the new world order and all that. So, you know, I believe in uh, America. You know, and I and I and I have this new idea that I want to do about making, uh, you know, how uh, Trump came up with this theme about making America great again. Well, he did. But now what I want to do is make America beautiful. Uh, when I go, uh, you know, I was, uh, you know, I lost my license um, because of my uh, medical reasons, and I can't see it. I'm losing my eyesight. 
So, you know, I've had a lot of drivers, like, you know, 25 drivers up to date in the past two years. And I've been driven around. And then when my last driver, I totaled out the car, and uh, then I had to go back into the, the public transportation. I was amazed at what I experienced in public transportation. And uh, nothing against, you know, uh, people that have uh, mental problems. But then when you run into these psychotic, psychotic lunatics that want to threaten your life, it kind of builds character, you know. And so what I saw when I was walking around, you know, getting into the uh, tra- public transportation was everything around beautiful little rivers and creeks and streets and things has garbage and debris. And that bothered me. And I took pictures of it and all that. And I thought, you know what? Trump had the right idea about making America great again. I want to make America beautiful again. And I want people that want to get meetups and I'm going to start putting it on a national basis and national scale. When I get ready, you know, a little free to do that. Uh, and have this as kind of a, like a hands-on organization volunteer uh, that talks about keeping America beautiful. And, and, and America the Beautiful is the theme song. And what I want to do is I want to, I want to pick up all the debris and the garbage from the creeks and the rivers and the national parks that there's these volunteer groups at least once a week that goes and does that. You know, on top of helping the janitorials and all the people that does the maintenance and clean up and, and what have you around, the, around. But just do that as human beings. And in the spirit of JFK, uh, and, and, and it's not what the country can do for you. It's what you can do for your country and the service of mankind and humanity. And so to me, it's just a nice way of saying, you know, the, the, way, to make, the, the, the way to make America beautiful is to just go and pick up the garbage after yourself for one, and then maybe volunteer and pick up the garbage that's laying around in all the creeks and all the streets, and then, you know, clean up the neighborhoods. You know how they, they have people that they, they, they put into the yellow uniforms and they, they do these drunk drivers and they have to enforce by the sheriff's program to go pick up garbage and all that? Well, I think by voluntarily we just decide, maybe not in the freeway because it's dangerous, but like in the streets, in the neighborhoods, in the shopping centers, you know, in the parks, I think if everybody just made an effort to pick up the garbage, and, I, and on my birthday, one birthday, I asked to uh, donate to my uh, cause of pick, you know, picking up, getting all the plastic out of the ocean, and I had some people don- donate some money, which amazed me because then there's some conscientious people that really care about the environment and planting trees, you know, instead of taking them down and putting them back, you know. Uh, as a Native American, I just have this feeling that, that it's going to be my new uh, agenda platform. As one of my... Uh, things that I would like to help, you know, uh, make America beautiful again and just start picking up our garbage. I do that anyway since I started doing the public transportation thing. I picked up all the garbage around me, I don't know, and I saw it all over the place. And then and people saw me do it, and they were wondering what I'm doing. And, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, I should put this into a platform, into a agenda where we should just pick up all the garbage and the debris that's just laying around making America look really, really kind of shoddy and, and, and ugly and make it beautiful again. So anyway, that's that's my program that I want to start thinking about in the future. And I'm going to do that as soon as I have more free time since I'm so busy trying to get caught up with my uh, with myself. Uh, then that's one of the things I want to do for pleasure and fun and uh, and community. The reason why I got into uh, uh, the the I believe that I got into and why I like Facebook so much is because I got into produce uh, co- producing conferences was for community, uh, and I love community. I think. Uh, I think that's what's missing. Everybody's by themselves. I think when you build community or you go to church and you go, you know, a training church, that, you know, where there's community and everybody comes together and they become friends and they want to help each other and if they get hard times, they support each other and all that. I think that's a really good positive thing. 
And I think what we need to do is just go back to community. There's nothing wrong with Facebook until they get onto that technology like facial recognition and they're selling it to third parties. That's wrong. And a lot of things that uh, Facebook does is wrong. They fact check with these CNN reporters on scientific things that they know nothing about, just to, just to downgrade everything. Uh, yeah. And but you know they're doing better now because I think I guess they figure that if you can't beat them, we got to join them. So anyway, that's one of my things that I want to do. I wonder uh, if that's so far fetched. It doesn't matter. At least it's the idea that counts. So that's what I want to do. Is I want to start a, a, a meetup group. Uh, volunteer where we all get together and I, I buy the garbage bags, 30, 30-gallon 30 uh, contractor bags, and then everybody get together and pick, you know, get some gloves, you know, uh, disposable gloves, and then just pick up garbage, you know, and uh, put them in the bags and make everything look really clean and nice again. I think that would be a really great effort for consciousness, for beauty, for awakening and all that. So, anyway, that's my idea. I don't know if you if you agree with that or what you think of it, but that's what I was thinking I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to take the whole show and talk, 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 talk. Uh, and I, I see that you come and go. I know you're busy, TJ. But uh, I hope you enjoyed my conversation. Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. But I'm just. Uh, let me go on and train of thought, which is really good because that's what I have to do. Is I have trained thought, and then I just like to follow it through, and not without interruption, unless I'm into the question and answer phase where you know we have any questions. But uh, I really enjoy the, the train of thought, the stream of consciousness where I could just talk it all out what I was thinking and then get it off my chest. And so I hope it was okay. Just a, the, can you hear me? Cause yeah, yeah. I, I wonder, it, it may be the cell phone I'm using, because uh, I hear you and then I'm answering you, but it's like you're still talking and you don't hear me. So it's probably... No, I, don't, I, don't hear you. I don't hear you. I don't hear you. Oh, that's interesting. Well, I called in on... Go on. I've got two yeah. phones, but... I don't, I've had yeah. a, some kind of reception problem on my cell phones, but not my home. I don't yeah. know. Well, what state well, I can, do you I want? I can help with that. Oh, good. Uh, All right. Well, yeah, right because, now. You know, it, 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 yeah, mm-hmm. I, I can help with that. I can help with that. Yeah. So anyway, tell me what you want to say, because like I said, I, I'm done talking now. It's your turn. If you have any questions or you want to talk to me about anything, it's your turn to talk, TJ. I'm done. I'm pretty much, after I took, gave that last platform, I wanted to pick up the bringing garbage around all the, you know, make America beautiful again. That was really my dream. And, and I thought I'd share that. Thank you. That's that's good with the trees and the, and the anything you can do. And like you said, if you're an organizer and you can take action and gather with people, especially in the towns, but for the last 30 minutes we can talk about where we're going in the future a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what I do as far as looking to the future is uh, because I'm Native American, I go into what I call vision quest. And now that they, now that they legalize psilocybin and magic mushrooms in Colorado, uh, I want to go every year to Colorado to go on a vision quest. Check into a bed and breakfast, uh, bed and breakfast inn that I know over in, Wal- in Walsenburg, and uh, do my uh, uh, research in my uh, delve into this Tri Valley, which is Lobita, Crestone, and Walsenburg, and it's the area where the cattle, cattle mutilations all take place. But there's an Indian reservation there, a huge Indian reservation. And the gods came to me in the, in the, in the form of a sun rays and said, this is your birthright, John. You should come here and start a big 
organization or whatever you want to do, green green sky festivals, whatever you want to do, come here and do it. You should do it. It's your birthright to do it. So that's what I want to do is go on my vision quest and look into the future because the sad thing about it is is that every time I go on a vision quest, every year or two, I take a pound of mushrooms, psilocybin, which is my religious beliefs to do that, and I go to sleep eating them, I wake up eating them, and I eat them all day. That's all I eat for like two weeks. And I go really into an altered state. And for two weeks, I'm in a rustic cabin over in Mendocino, in a Mendocino family camp, way in the back, where nobody knows that I'm there. You know, when I go along, I disappear in the back. It's beautiful. It's like, it's like Sleepy Hollow. And then there's the, and then across it, you've got to hike around and you go around and there's the ocean and the, and the beach, you know, uh, Casper Beach and Fort Bragg and all that. Oh, it's beautiful. And I go into another uh, Rip, Van, Ram, Rip, Rip Van Winkle state of mind, and into an altered state as a, you know, as an Indian, and I see the future. And what I see in the future, and it's possible tsunamis that change the continent, that how that the that the water will come up to Highway Five, and that all half of California is going to go underwater. And I see all this stuff, you know, that happens, and I try to understand why, and I don't get it, you know. In other words, it doesn't make sense to me. Why I'm seeing it over and over and over again under all my vision quests when I take magic mushrooms, I see the same thing happening over and over and over again. So it, it amazes me that uh, that's my vision quest is to see tsunamis and all these different things that change the continents of the earth and stuff like that. And, and, and then, you know, how things are going to change and, and, and stuff that I see from the future. So that's, that's kind of like, I don't know if it's prophecy or if it's a, if it's a futuristic thing of a, Armageddon, you know, the end times or what's going on, but I see and I've had a, a psychic in 2012 write me a letter, a psychic letter that in 2017, everything that happened in my book, what happened on my way to Sedona happened in advance and she coded the dates and so I started realizing that if I, when I bring that letter out I'm going to put it in the book, I'm going to find it again because it's in my records and it was a really strange and interesting letter that talked about everything including Trump five states I was going to be in and listed all the five states and everything that was going to happen, how it's going to happen. Very psychic. Uh, and she was very uh, prophetic with that letter that she wrote in 2012. Yeah. So anyway, that's what I can say about the future is I see things that are not going to be too good. You know, it's like, it's, not, it's, it's good now and we hope we keep it good. It stays good, but there's going to be things where we're going to be challenged and uh, you know, and uh, and we're gonna have to we're gonna have to meet the challenge and, and live up to the challenge, or we get subjugated again and get trapped some more. Anyway, I hope you're there, and uh, you know uh, that's about what I like to contribute about the future is what I just shared with the with the psilocybin magic mushrooms uh, vision quest that I go on as an Indian. And uh, I don't know. I want to hear what you had to say say about that, CJ. That's fine. Let me let me turn that phone off. Let's see. Me. Wow, you're going into uh, you're going into an echo. That's interesting. Oh, that was because I had the other phone on. Yeah, I like good. that sound. <laughs> <laughs> I like, it's just like when I look at the mirrors and I see and I set up the mirrors so I can see infinity. I love that look. I love that. Of mirrors. 
Well, you couldn't hear me apparently on the cell phone very well. Mm. No. I hear you now, though. That's why it's your turn. Okay, well, let me hang that phone up. This one has a buzz in it. It's the, I think it's the um, machine. Uh, hopefully, it won't come across if you can't hear the buzz. Maybe it's just in my. You, you don't hear a buzz, well, do you, when I'm talking? No, 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 it's really clear. Actually, right now is the clear. Okay, good. All right. Well, good. All right. Well, then that's the problem. Uh, using cell phones on the studio, which is out of New York, transferring it over to somewhere in Oregon, I think, before you get it. Now, you, you've mentioned a lot of topics, and you like to social network and build teams. You and I were talking about team building, but I was talking to you about maybe meeting you during that. I didn't know you were going to call it, but yeah, the Storm Area 51, but they changed it to Alien Stock. And with the museum there, and you can still have people that like to drink. I don't drink or drug or do mushrooms or any of that stuff, and that's okay. That's your faith and religion and that's Native that's American. That's the only thing I do is mushrooms. Now, you said Native American. How do you – in America, do they still – it's not like they have a Native American card like they do for Cherokee, is it? Your Tinayuku clan or what? Why do you call was, yourself a Native fun. American? Because I was sponsored by Gordon Rockhill, who was one of the biggest attorneys in San Francisco County, and I was uh, uh, my 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 computer problem solving teacher was a math teacher, Miss Lehman. She went down to Mexico and saw my pyramid. Ten years, came back and said, John, John, there's a pyramid up in Las Vegas." I said, "I know, I know." Well, what did you talk about? I said, "Because my dad says if you talk about religion and politics to people, they'll kill you and crucify you like Jesus Christ." Just don't talk to anybody. Well, you were born in America, so, though? You were born in America? Yeah, of course. I'm, for, I'm a fourth-generation Texan. And my dad, they all thought he was Texan. Yeah, Texas. I was born in Texas. Uh, my family in Austin, Texas. You're kind of related to the Austins. San, San I was born in San Antonio, Texas. I'm like the third, fourth-generation Texan. We were conquered by and the And you were born in 1960? Uh, no, I'm really related to I really don't get it. I'm, re- I'm real vain about my birthday. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, in Texas. I'm yeah. Texas. I, I, I couldn't get on your LinkedIn, nor could I get on Google. You said you sent me those pictures, but it says N-U-L-L. Google has me blocked on your Google account, which I've never seen before from anybody. Uh, but uh, it comes yeah. into my Gmail, but they won't let me look at the pictures. So that's real confusing, but yeah, I know. But you're real security-minded. Yeah, well, part of it has to do with uh, our Google was uh, used to, I used to be a Google developer because I went to the headquarters and I think they were going to give me a TV station and cable the cable uh, cable channel 13, uh, 15 or 13 or whatever. I was really into Google. Uh, I bought the first Chromebook that first came out. I was in the first cloud when they created the cloud. I've been in the forefront of most of all computer developments starting from uh, Stephen Jobs and uh, Seven Jobs and Wozniak. I had the 64K Commodore. If you read my profile, you'll see my computer background. I'd like to, but it didn't come through either. So uh, there's something with my Google accounts. You'll have to send them to one of my business accounts. Try uh, Ace. I've got UAP. uh, You can send it to me at... uh, a director UAPassociate.associates, well, our director at UFO Association organization. 
Dot com. All I could say is this: is that if you have a, a app, a, you know, an Android or an Apple app, and you go to Link uh, Lincoln, and you'll see my business profiles there for like fifteen, twenty years. Since, since actually at Lincoln started, like fifteen. Years. I did, but it wouldn't come up. Uh, I told you that David Tenayuka did, but it was sixty years old. With uh, yeah, no, said, David Tenayuka is uh, a professor. He's a he's a professor and one of these college professors over in Austin. Yeah, he's a he's a cousin. Uh, maybe yeah, he's a cousin of mine. And there's a very few Tenayukas, though. You'll very, you'll very rarely... There's 22 Tenayukas that I've kept track and documented in the United States. So, you know, there's, there's another, we're, very, we're pretty much last of the Mohican. And so, you know, uh, and the, all the women that became Tenayukas lost their name in the, in the marriage, except for my sister uh, made sure she kept her name when she married John Greco slash Tenayuka. You know, so she kept her name. So, you know, and my grandmother... Uh, Called herself Catherine uh, Marie Marie Tenyuka, and she she named her daughter the same thing, Catherine Marie Tenyuka. So it was like a junior. Yeah, she was like, a, you know, and she was a Mayan Indian. And she was brought up by the Lutherans, the German Lutherans. She really got into Lutheran uh, and German uh, people, you know, uh, because she liked the way they worked hard and stuff. So you know, that's well. You and I both network, so I'm going uh, into my. Uh, Linked, you, you said go into LinkedIn. Uh, let me see. I'm going to put in John yeah, David it, 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 on it, LinkedIn. Get the app. And it's 10 Conics Enterprise. That's been my holding company for that one year. John David. Yeah, John David Tenayuka, T-E-N-A-Y-E-C-A. And I also have the same phone number from that from that era. It's Y-U-C-A, isn't it? Mm-hmm. John David Tenayuka? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I wonder why it says no results found. That's hey. weird. Okay, let me look up my business phone uh, and see where it's it, got where a Corey Good picture here. It says director, executive producer, and content creator for film, streaming, and comic book. Corey Good, David yeah. Wilcock. Yeah. With Jenny McCarthy on the Jenny McCarthy show, serious. <laughs> She's a pretty girl. Stars. So uh, let's see who Ronnie Dawson in our ACO group Friday nights he usually does tonight, but Ronnie is a truck driver in our ACO cool. club. Uh, I was supposed cool. to invite him tonight and I forgot. <laughs> UFO oh, researcher. <laughs> cool. UFO researcher. But uh, why yeah. is it? Uh, uh-huh. Why is it your name won't come up? And well, my okay. LinkedIn, because you and I do. Oh, I've got John David Tenayuka. All right, what's the name of your company? Maybe it'll come up under your company. T-E-N-C-O-N-X, Ten Conics Enterprises. That's my holding company. Okay, let me try that. T-E-N-C-O-N-I-X, Ten Conics Enterprises. Yeah, Ten Conics Enterprises. And I'm also out there, I mean... Everybody that gets to know me goes knows me from Lincoln, and I send everybody over there to look up my profile so that you know who I am. Well, it's nice about. that you're being, at least you're you say you're being social, <laughs> but yeah, social I can't expert. see you. I'm a social media expert. I've been I've been I've, I've okay. been doing uh, worldwide web since they started. I was in uh, AOL in the chat groups when I was married. I was bored, so then I used to go to Did chat groups. Did you block everything? Let's see. Maybe it's like Facebook. John T E N A Y U C A, right? And that's the way I've yeah. always spelled it. 
You do not come up. I've got John Castagnini, John Thompson, John Sharkey, John I'm, I'm, Blue, I'm gonna, John. I'm going to get my business phone out. I'll charge that. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure that, you know, what happens is sometimes people just block, you know, uh, even that. Twitter does that, too. I was in um, a Twitter. What they, Twitter did was they suspended my account because I was being too uh, right-wing and stuff. And so uh, oh. they didn't, I didn't. And they didn't like me uh, doing that, so they blocked me. And then I had to apologize and said I wouldn't do that anymore. And then they let me back on. Well, a lot of people go too far left, too far right, and they start bullying, and they don't know which side they're on, nor do they care, because, you know, the Internet's not supposed to be about really politics or religion. or You know, we have all that stuff in America anyway that we say we don't, discriminate so it's about discrimination you know and uh, the bullying has gotten to be a little out of control because it's a political year in usa i don't think it was bullying so much i think it was just what i was saying about the second amendment and that how i thought that uh, obama was trying to use that gun control as a way of trying to turn us into veterans away and then uh, sanders was trying to set us into socialism and i just thought look at what happened to veterans away I had a friend that was out here from Venezuela, and he was he was wanting to create. He, he was well off, a wealthy uh, wealthy person. He came to America to start an app, and a really nice app with uh, Apple and Google and Android. And so what happened was he came here, and then that's when the socialism took over. And then he lost all his property as well, and he went home to a to a poor country and socialist. Who he was a wealthy guy. He went home poor, and he was really depressed. And uh, he's never been the same, you know. And he had the money to come out here. And I met him as a friend, uh, you know, he was from Argentina. And so when I saw that example firsthand, how that socialist system ruined Venezuela, you know, which used to be like, Venezuela is like one of the, uh, it's like the, uh, the European country, of, it's like a European country. You know, I, I said to myself, if America does that, then we're doomed. If Bernie Sanders wins presidency, we're doomed. And so, you know, and I don't like to talk politics, but I do stand up for America, you know, and I am Native American, and I do believe in, and, uh, and uh, I don't believe in, I believe in right-wing politics. I don't believe in left-wing politics, but I am liberal-minded and uh, open-minded and stuff, uh, you know. It's like when people meet me and they try to figure out what type of person I am, I'm very old-fashioned and conservative, you know, and that's just the way I am. I don't get into any, you know, it's like, I don't believe in channeling anything or anybody because I think that's self, that's, a, that's like self, uh, self demonic possession. So I don't believe in channeling. Okay. I just, I just have certain. So how do you, how do you explain dimensions? Do you just tell people that it's just your other, cause you stay conscious. You don't like to do the channel part. No, and I, I, I don't either, but I do know that I, there's I believe, many parts of us. I don't believe it. I don't think there's yeah. anything good about that. I don't think there's anything good about that. And I don't meditate either. You know, I don't meditate because I'm either on or off. I'm either awake or I'm totally sleepy, sleepy like a hibernation like a bear. I don't get into that, clear my mind and zero out everything, and I just don't do that. You, know, on or you off. don't deal with the monkey brain? Well, um, <laughs> a lot of the uh, faiths teach to calm your monkey brain like the Buddhists and the monks. Because your mind wants to talk all the time. So it depends on the voices you're listening to. So some people 
in defense of the channelers because I was taught it years and years ago. But even when people were doing it, there's something about it that my inner soul spirit didn't trust. I mean, I learned it. I teach it. I've got it in a book. But, I mean, I can teach it. I understand it. And I was all during that time when people were doing it. But personally, uh, I didn't think I was doing it because I remembered things. But people said when I was doing some readings for, like, television that came over to Hawaii from India, they said I was channeling my higher self. But that could be you just talking instead of, like, everyday language, you just go to a higher part of your mind, you know, where you're thinking at a higher – I'm sure you do it, right? You've heard yourself. But it's not channeling. yeah, but that's that's the difference. You have to know the fine line between mm-hmm. what is channeling and what is what is God within you. You know, my dad says that right. God is within you. God is within you. If you're gonna go out and look for God, you're chasing after the figment of your imagination. And that's how he used to teach me and tell me. So you know, I had to take him for a fact that, that what he was saying was true when I was a little kid. You know, and I realized that what he was saying was true because a couple of proteges that I had, I said. Your spirit is divine, and once you get in touch with your divineness, that's when you start having God thoughts and you start thinking like God. But you know what? If you don't, then you just stay, like you say, earth monkey state. You know, you're going to be an earth monkey for the real. Monkey state, monkey brain. <laughs> I heard yeah, that on the monks. Uh, I like the, well, I like different it. people and while yeah, they talk. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I'm, I'm really I'm not judgmental. I don't believe in judging anybody or anything. You know, if you're gay, you're gay. It doesn't matter to me. But you know, I have my I have my scruples and my integrity, and I have my where I draw the line of who I am. And I don't expect anybody to invade or cross. That's why I think uh, that's what I believe. Abductions are an, an invasion of your of your personal, physical, spiritual body is wrong, and it's not right in the universal laws of the, of the universe. So to me, any any abduction is like a rape, is wrong. So I don't believe in abduction. And I talked to Dr. Jacobs about that, and he feels the same way, is that what they're doing in this hybridization program is completely, in my book, illegal and against the law, spiritual laws of this universe. So there are some things where I'm just going to point it out, point blank. It's wrong, and then I'm going to say other things when it's right. And when I think I'm right, that's when I feel like i got God in the universe on my side. But when I'm wrong, I will get on my hands and knees and beg for forgiveness because I'm wrong and I have no power and I'm powerless and useless and worthless. But I'm wrong. But that's how I feel. But you as an entrepreneur, you know, we're both business-minded and we were trained in business, but uh, it's the spiritual type of business, wouldn't you say, that uh, we choose to do uh, love, light, heart, but we're not New Agers. So how do you explain that? So is it our faith because you have a... I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what business is, you know. Uh, to me, since I've had some great mentors, to me, business, out of my, all my studies, and I studied business in college, you know, college education, is business is 50, it's nothing, to me, business is nothing more than 50% psychology and 50% finance. And if you get that figured all out, you know how to, you know how to crunch numbers and you know psychological, uh, 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 yeah, you know, personalities and how to, how to you know, influence and win people, you know, win people over to Napoleon Hill book. I think you'll have an easy time. But if you have all these uh, dysfunctional, uh, you know, bipolar, whatever you call them, uh, depressed, suicidal, uh, maniacal, uh, homicidal, psychotic behavior in your head, 
and you're schizophrenic, well, then you're not going to be very stable and have to do a stable business with anybody. And everybody knows who's going to want to trust a psychotic lunatic if they're going to kill you and threaten your life. Okay. Well, that's so supposed to help uh, yoga. Yoga meditation for 30 minutes is used a lot in business minds, just in, especially in New York, just to sit and, you know, follow your breath. The, te- the basic stuff, but uh, not long dharma, karma stuff. But I guess it's to each his own if it works, you know, how some people yes. say if it, if it resonates with you. <laughs> That's right. If it resonates with you. That means if your spirit aligns with it and it's all balanced out, you vibrate with it, and everything's good, you feel good about it, and there's nothing wrong with it. But, like, when I was 16 years old, I went to this, call, this bookstore called East West uh, bookstore, and it was about the, you know, Eastern philosophy and the Western, you know, all these uh, kind of new age stuff. And I met all these ladies, and I was like 16 years old. I used to hang out and read all these psychic books. And all these ladies, and you know, they were married ladies from Palo Alto. They invited me to the house, and they, invited, they were talking meditation. Stuff. And I said, well, I think, I, you know, I'd like to know how to meditate, because I really did. Not. My dad told me meditation sounds good. So when they started meditating with me, you know, they said, yeah, you're going to get into this stage. Da, da, da. Well, what happened for me is I just went told completely to sleep and started snoring like a bear. Said, That's not meditation. That's not meditation, my friend. You know, you know, they were getting all kind of perturbed with me. So then what they did is they got together in Palo Alto at the Maharaja, the Beatles Maharaja, who was coming to the Palo Alto in the stadium, like 6,000 people. And, they, and I was being, going to be introduced to the Maharaja to be taught how to meditate. They figured they were going to give me a personal invitation to the Maharaja. Well, the first thing that wow. happened when they, everybody got into this meditation, yeah, I swear, I'm, I swear I'll tell you the truth. But when I got into this stadium, you know, that they paid for me, and I had this entourage of ladies, you know, like all in the 30s and 40s, and I was a 16-year-old little kid, Native American, who was like a shaman, you know. But, you know, I kind of shared that part with them. And then I said, you know, uh, yeah, I'm in this, uh, in this uh, uh, big old auditorium, and everybody's supposed to meditate and do this, like, Catholic thing where you're supposed, to, you're supposed to do exactly these moves and these things about, you know, everybody's got to bow and whatever. And I'm looking around going, what? what's everybody so mind-controlled and brainwashed doing one thing, you know? And when they saw me looking around, the Maharaja looked at me and then looked at his bodyguard and got me kicked out. I was thrown out of the side of the building and I was out there by myself going, what did they do wrong? And I never got to meet the Maharaja person. So, you know, that's kind of my experiences, you know? It's either good, bad, or ugly. And I roll with it. And I don't think anything wrong with it. I didn't say anything bad. But I'm just saying that's what happens for me. Well, what do you so guys think about social networking? You know, I've got these people that always want me to join stuff. I have no clue. They put me in them. And I, I'm so all over the place in social media, and half of the stuff I didn't even put myself in. But I've got this guy that says, Alien UFO Sightings Joint. And then he's, he sends me stuff on LinkedIn to join his website. And then I, I, and I'm like, he says, I'd love you to join me in Alien UFO Sightings, a community where we can meet, message, share ideas, and go deeper with our peers on the topics. When you join, you'll be able to contribute your own stories and experiences. I take a minute, look forward to connecting with you. And then gives me all the information to go. And then I said, uh, absolutely, what's your email? Thanks for endorsing me for journalism. Because he did all this for me on LinkedIn. He says, I added you on my social media endorsement. I was like, well, what's your, what's, uh, you know, I'm thanking him. I said, sure, I'll join your thing. But I didn't. And then he says, why you need my email? <laughs> I'm like, you just ask me, don't know me from Adam on LinkedIn, 
but give, tells me you're in social media about UFO and aliens. I won't mention his name. But then uh, wants me to go to his website and join it and all that. He's the one that contacted me. I don't have any clue who he is. And he doesn't want to send yeah. me his email. What's, what, what, can you tell me what's going on with people? Because half the people in business and in hobbies, and I'm trying to do a professional business here, but what's going yeah. on? People don't think normal. Now, you understand, this is a guy supposedly that knows you and me on LinkedIn, and even though I can't see you, uh, I'm sure yeah. you're there somewhere because you tell me you are, but I can't see you. But here's a guy that I don't know, never met, never talked to, not in our ACO club where I endorse. Oh, you guess, and you, you know what I look like. You know exactly yeah, what but, I look Yeah, like. but you – you know, too, that you had to know me a year just because you came on the radio show. I didn't give you a position in our club because it's by invitation only. And, you know, we got all these little social media groups. They're free. But that doesn't mean you get to come play in my life and me know you personally or come to my events or meet me or write books with me. So yeah, you well, got, you know, and you I took a year. You, you were sponsored in because okay. that guy, okay. Javier, Sponsored you in for a year, then you. No, but you read my articles. And then you read my social. You read my articles and bylaws, and you said you liked them and that you would support me. And and now, five years later, the universe put us back together and said, well, y'all social network. And then I got all these people that I don't know want me to endorse their businesses and their websites and then go, well, why do you need my email? So I'm asking John Tanuka that I can't find on LinkedIn that you sent me here to look you up. I can't see well, you, but some other guy. So what is going on? I can't see you, but this guy wants me to promote his business and his website, and I don't know him. So I say, sure, what's your email? Because he endorsed me. So I figured if he endorsed me on LinkedIn, he must know who I am. He endorsed two or three things. And then he can't send me his email? Come on. What's that about? Yeah, well, can, I tell, can I tell you something? I'll tell you what it's what? about. Okay. What? That everybody has, okay, and I'm going to go back to my Indian story. Everybody has a good wolf inside you and it has a bad wolf. The bad wolf really hates you and can't stand you and wants to hurt you and, you know, see you suffer and in pain and, and you know, maybe even commit suicide. But the good wolf loves you, cares about you, and really wants to uh, help you. And with the light, love, and truth of God, you know, let's say. So the bad wolf wants to take you down in the theory of chaos, but the good wolf wants to take you into the theory of creation. So what happens is you have two wolves inside you that you have to determine who are you going to feed, the good wolf or the bad wolf. So whichever wolf you feed is going to dominate your spirit after you feed it. And that's the one that That's rules. the same story my daughter, the one that died, she told she's even been on our refrigerator. Do you want to feed the good wolf or the bad wolf today? It's so funny. But yeah, she a lot of those but, stories in folk life, it's our traditions. But she was very much Native American and looked at yeah. right. And part of it in our DNA yeah, somewhere I'm came back about, through. I'm talking, about, I'm talking I I think it one step higher to, it's about who dominates your spirit, okay? Who dominates the spirit. Not the soul, not the personality, not the not your feelings, not the, your spirit. And when I talk about the spirit in the in the Native American sense, I'm talking about the life force energy of your of your being that was either created male or female back in the in the in the point of creation. When you were when you were created, and I believe everybody was created in the point in the source of all creation. There was somebody had to you know, we all came together like, you know, in the in the big bang theory 
and that we were created in a male or female spirit, okay? And I think, um, and I believe this, and I really believe this is what, you know, I've been told, and not in the, not in the physical realm, but in the, in the spiritual realm, that we all are either female or male spirits, and that the ones that try to come back and then they've been trapped into the vicious cycle of reincarnation, this is what I believe, is that they're a male spirit stuck in a woman's body, and they're confused, and they don't know what happened. So in other words, the alignment of what was supposed to be right and wrong got confused. So now they now they don't know if they're they're you know LBGT or they're gay or they're what or this or that so, you know, and then the boys are there dressing like the girls or vice versa and all that. So I believe what happens that causes that confusion is our spirit, which is born either male or female, gets 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 put in the wrong body of the wrong sex, and then that's where all the confusion comes from. That's what I think. Well, that's one of the uh, philosophies I've heard it before. But I don't know why people want me to promote them in business and social network with me, but then they turn around and endorse me and say, oh, you're a great person, blah, blah, blah. But I, and then I say, okay, great, what's your email since you want me to join all your stuff? And they, I guess they're scared they're going to get an email, uh-huh. like a spam. Well, there's a, I don't know. That well, was yeah. that doesn't make sense. Well, well I noticed It's too, because I'm old-fashioned. I like yeah, to know how go. to. If you're going to get get in touch with me on a website, social media has got people so confused. You know, they all there think because that's all data mining for all the multi billionaires that are going to be using it around the world for face recognition on our avatars, which really they already own all of us in the cyberspace community. But that's another show. We've reached the end, John, and you're really good for information and sharing. And uh, I know that your heart's in the right place, and I know that uh, you're a good professional, and you're also, you know, helping me with the hobby people. But maybe in the future, if you'll think about it, help me decide – like I just said, I can't see you on LinkedIn, but help me on some of this social media because everybody does it free anyway, and everybody's doing their own YouTube and putting in the content that's owned by uh, GoDaddy and Google and uh, what's yeah. Amazon it's, it's and uh, YouTube. Dark, you know. Well, the dark and also the dark web underneath all the software. But oh, yeah, uh, yeah, anyway, folks, we'll though. come back and do the future. Yeah. Well, okay. we can talk about stuff and not be too negative, but but just to know about it. You can be aware and have wisdom. And uh, you know, a lot of these topics, they're not really dark, but let's stay let's stay connected somehow and uh help each other. And maybe uh, we can do some live video once, you know, we're the old guys, but if you're you're comfortable being uh video too, right? I'm not yeah. I've got stuff out there for books and people. But uh, help me with these people because discernment, I would, I would you and I have at least. CJ, because CJ, you've been, you've been really good to me when I wanted, needed a friend. So you know what? You were there when I needed a friend, and I, and I always forget that. <laughs> so, you um, make me yeah, laugh. And then, and then we have our moments. But you know what? You've always been there. And then uh, I think we resolved a lot of issues now. And I think, you, like you said, okay. you're old-fashioned. Well, I am too. I'm really old-fashioned myself. And so, you know, when people <laughs> disrespect me, but when they meet me and they don't honor and respect me, then I think that's just not it's not going to work. And let me just say one more thing. All right. Is that in five, sure. in five minutes when I meet somebody, when I meet somebody in five minutes, I have this cosmic order of determining that that person in five minutes is going to be my best friend for the rest of my life or going to be my mortal enemy, and I better watch out because they're evil and they're going to try to take me down. I am five minutes to <laughs> determine that. Everybody I meet in five minutes in a people of 35 rooms or 300 people of 350 people 
five minutes, I don't lose my enemy, I lose my best friend. You've always been my best friend. Okay? Uh, well, we don't have, we haven't made a penny together, folks, but we're still considered professionals. But if you want to join our hobby club, our professional club, it's ACO Club Directory, and uh, uh, John and I have some kind of symbiotic or friend, friend, best friends or social media friends. It's ACO Club Directory. It's on acoclub.app instead of .com. I bought this for seventy-five bucks or something with uh, a secure socket. And uh, these days, to play on the Internet, you really need an SSL. And this is stuff you I can know, learn. I know. But that's, that's, that's exactly John and I, I help you. John, help me because I can't even see you. So I think either Google's got me blocked. I need to go on Firefox. I can to help you, baby love. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't, I'm don't a web developer for Google. Don't get, don't get, don't I have the developer's. Levels. And you know what? I'm a gentleman, and if you're a lady and you treat me like a like a gentleman and like a man and, I, and act like a lady, I will bend over backwards to do whatever I can to help you as a lady. <laughs> right? I swear. Okay. I would do anything well, I can to help you. All right. I made you a page on the acoclub.app, but I've got acirradio.com I'm going to be promoting for the Allied Command, but I don't know if it has to be just veterans. I, uh, but I need some of the ACO people that have been with me for years. I've told them to go to Patreon, and they'll get one vote for $1 a month if they want to help me build who is going to be professional versus hobby because these people want my they're endorsing me or they're saying they're my friends because they know me in social media or on Facebook or LinkedIn or Pinterest, but I don't know who they are. And then, so I need, I'm going to set up a directory and let's know who these people are. Let's know what their skills and talents and at least you and I have worked together in broadcasting or internet for how many years and on this radio show. So at least you and I know each other, what we look like. We've seen each other on Skype. We, you know, I didn't go to that event you went to, but my husband was sick, and then my daughter was sick. So Lorian got yeah, mad yeah. at me, but I couldn't support her. I know, I know, and I felt bad about that, and I'm really still sorry that, you know. Well, that's happened. okay. You helped you Lorian know. out, and you helped Brett Luter, and I love Brett, and I love Lorian as far as spirit, but I don't do business with them, and I apologize. People I got mad at who's me. Lor- who's, who's Lorian? Who's Lorian? I couldn't help them. Who's Lorian? Lorian Fenton, she did that uh, thing with oh, you. No, she's, she's one of your right. partners. Oh, no, she no, she's, a, she's a crook. She's a criminal. She's no, that Lorian Fenton. I didn't help her. Oh, let's I don't say that. Well, that's true. I have to say the truth. She is not my friend. She is my enemy, and I have nothing to do with her. Lori Fenton is on my shit list for life, so don't ever mention oh, her my. as my friend. Okay? That's an okay, well, she's not in my club. Okay, okay, so well, she's not in my you... either. She never will be. <laughs> okay. She, she, okay. She, she stole from All right. Well, those are. Nothing to do with her. So this stole, oh she wow! Her out of my you and Bob Brown. Bob the Brown truth. says the person that Bob Brown's also a uh, you know he's been in the business for years and years with us. So, but you guys, I don't know what happened or what she did, but apparently in business you guys are really down on her. But she never paid me back, and she did the same thing to Brett Luter, and I went to court for her. I helped her beat her, and you oh. know what? And I have nothing to do with her. Don't ever mention her that I want to help her as a friend because then you're mistaken. <laughs> okay, well she's. She doesn't have anything to do with me. She came on my radio show years ago before she was anybody or even had anything going. And I asked Janet to bring her on because she was going to do an event. 
Well, so she brought her on my show. Nobody. She said, nobody, and I want nothing to do with her. As long as you understand those principles and rules that I live by, then we'll have no problems. But if I have to talk to her <laughs> and I ever see her again, she's going to get a piece of my mind the same way she got it last time. Don't now, she works with Tina. She works with Tina Marie Quitt in Las Vegas. Laughlin, Las Vegas. I want nothing to do with, and, I, and I'll be best friends with anybody who's good to me and honor respects me, but somebody who rips me out like a thief like she did, Lori Fenton, I want nothing to do with her as long as I live on this earth. Now, Lauren, Lauren came on my show before she ever went on Revolution. She was real scared. It's all in history here. I never erased it. So, people, if y'all want to hear yeah. you know, you know, different you know, people you know, in events, know, go back to 2012, yeah, all our archives. Like that, like a now, that, is a, that person is doomed. I mean, you know what? I've never want anything to do with him. And he was my friend for 40 years, and he flushed out a, 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 a friendship made out of gold. Down the toilet for yeah, you got money and business involved in those events is what happened, right? You and him got an event. Yeah, but you know what? But y'all were fine until you started money. making money together. Well, no, I didn't even right? I got ripped off and swindled. No, I got swindled because why you have so many problems, John? I said because I try to trust people. And when they try to screw yeah. me, that's the, that's the worst thing they could do because I don't let it go. I'll do everything in my power to get back at them. I'm not well, you're clear, right? You don't have a record, right? We don't. No, I don't no, smoke, no, drink, or drug, and I don't have a record. I don't have a record for that reason. I keep it that way because I don't want to hang around people. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but let me just say that all I can say is that, you know, I, I do not want to ever have to put up with people that are negative. I think, let me just put it this way. The secret to my success of happiness and my philosophy of why I'm always positive is because I don't associate with negative, toxic, destructive people. I, I disassociate from them, and I turn my back and I walk. And if and I feel that if I turn my if I turn back to look at them, I'll turn into a pillar of salt. So it's my fault to ever look back at people that are not on my side, that are going to out to hurt me. Why would I associate with people like that? And those are the ones I want to stay away. Well, from you tried. Not clear, but I tried. You tried with them, and that was events. Those were in California, but we're our event. We're not going to do an event. Uh, in their territory, I don't think. So well, no, if we I'm do an right. event, yeah, it'll be right. here in Florida. I've also, had my experiences. I've also had my experiences in Sedona. Everybody tried to be, you know, the light of truth and the light of day and the love and all this, and they turned out to be And stab you in the back. <laughs> yeah. They, they're, they're not, there's the good and the bad and the ugly. And the good are the ones that I want to keep friends with and associate with. Like, you're good. But the bad and the ugly, I want nothing to do with. I, I walk away. And I never <laughs> Well, we've we've had differences of opinion, and somehow we got back together. But 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 we but we didn't go to try to kill each other, hurt each other, or screw each other. (laughs) Yeah, let's don't do the same thing. There's nothing wrong with it. I mean, that's good. That builds character, makes a better friendship, and all the everything else on the side. But when you have a friend like Javi, who who was my friend for 40 years, I knew his family. He knew my family. He moved in with my dad for five years, like a and they became like father and son because they were so much like each other, which I thought was great because it made my dad happy. But then he turned around and he flushed a friendship made out of gold down the toilet after 40 years. That's very disappointing wow. and very upsetting. And that's why Javi is on my shit list also like Lori Fett is for life. And I don't ever want to talk about them or have anything in association with them. So when you mentioned They gold, don't stay in contact with me. Isn't that odd? I, make it loud I mean, how can they come on and forget about me? I want they just to do did. 
All right. Well, you stayed in contact. You've always been nice professionally. You always said, TJ, I always keep up with you. I watch what you do. You're persistent. You're consistent. So you've always uplifted me. Sure. And because you've never been, you know, across me or double-crossed me or or tried to hurt me or screw me or said something bad. You know, I have these agreements sometimes when I get into business, business, uh, confidential agreements. And the part of the agreement is, you're not supposed to say anything bad or lie about me behind my back and always toot my well, own. That's just business. Yeah, but that's, that's just business, business, isn't it? Good business but policy. No, no, if you're no, going to be no, affiliate no, or reseller, associate. No, but it's good business. It's good business that you make Colleagues. a point and making that as a declaration that I'm here trying to help you, say good things about you. Do the same for me. And if you don't do that, yeah. then you're double-crossing me and you become an enemy. And that's it. And that's what I like in this Well, public relations is – but, you know, if we're friends, that's why I'm careful of who I put in my business. I have to know them, friends. And even with you, you were you, – I knew you for a year before we even talked about you doing the ACO and being a director in California. But you helped me and Barbara uh, – Barbara Jean Lindsay. Now, Lori and Fenton and oh, Barbara Jean Lindsay still work with together her. on I Revolution Radio. I love Barbara Jean Lindsay. I think they're at the yeah. conference right now in California because now Bob's is 15th through the 22nd, and then Lori and Fenton has one, I think, the 25th. But, I don't uh, care. you know, I still promote you events. You know what? Do not bring Lori Fenton up in my company in my space. That's all I'm not asking you to do. I don't want to even hear that she exists anymore. That's how much I'm Okay, well, well, we'll do that. But every time we'll do that because she's not in my group. All you're doing, all I'm doing is saying, TJ, is you throw her in my face, and I said, please, I don't even want to mention her because after what I've said about her, why would you want to bring her up again in my face? It's disrespectful. Uh, the events. I don't do it. Uh, I don't all right, well, help me in the future decide. All right, well, help me in the future on events at least. So conversations. Keep it. I don't even want to talk about her because all I want to do is... Yeah, we're not, going back, we're not going to do any business association. How's that? And that way it keeps it out of radio and business, all that, because whatever, all of us are in the whatever, same radio you know business. Listen, it makes me happy, I'm happy. But I'm not going to be, you know, putting up with people that yeah. are that have burned me and say nice things about them when they say the worst things about me behind my back that I've ever heard anybody talk about. Lori Fenton is not anybody that I want to know or hear about ever again. So if you want to be my friend even, just keep her out of the conversation and we're good, okay? Okay, we can do that. That's not a problem. It's like a divorced woman. (laughs) It's an ex. Okay, gotcha. All right, well, I love you and what you're doing to help people, but your main thing is your social networking, friends that we can count on, endorse, well, be colleagues. When I, tell you something about, when I tell you something about don't put her in the conversation, I mean it. And if you want to have this good relationship, respect it. But don't throw her in my face like it's something I've got to hear about or want to talk about because all I'm going to do is get upset and talk about what she did to me and then I'm going to be upset. So that's what I'm saying. No, those were just, uh, those are events no, that we've saying, been involved in in the past. I'm just saying that if you want to honor and respect me and not be get upset or pushed out of shape, don't bring her name up again, please. I'm asking you out of respect. Yeah, are the, are the J one either, right? Are the J one either? The J one, Javi or Javi? Yeah, neither one of them are in my club. I'm not endorsing no, know, them. I'm not I'm promoting them. Do me a favor. 
And don't bring them up because when I do bring them up, all I'm going to talk about is what they did to me and how negative it was, okay? And I'm not going to be happy okay. because I'm trying to erase well, them Brett. from my memory, from my life. Brett is a great – I love Brett, okay? He has nothing okay. to do with okay. court and help him win court against Roy Fenton. And I was so happy that I did that. But I'm just saying, okay. Roy Fenton is taboo. Don't talk about her in my fucking presence, and I'll be I'll be really cool about it because it's – I understand. Again, like There's a lot of people dividing up in school. radio and UFO business. Because you're not respecting me and what I'm asking. Don't mention her anymore in front of my, in my, to my face, okay? And I'll be happy. To I understand. I okay, I'm fine. I, no problem. I don't do any business with them. They, I did because we were all on the same radio station, but I left Revolution. I left it. I'm no longer with them. Okay, we're done with that. We don't have to talk about them anymore. Right, we don't have to talk about that anymore. We're going to have a no. We had a good radio show. I'm happy that I came here to talk to you and share with you. Oh, thank you. I'm so and glad I, you I did. Like to keep it recording. And I'll always be here for you as a friend, but don't bring up my enemies, please. All you're going to do is piss okay, me off. Okay, I understand now. Yeah, that. even in radio. I understand. We, got it. We, can, we can keep associated and collaborating. Okay. Well, well, we'll do our club events and club radio shows and even maybe some StreamYard or YouTube videos or Vimeo or whatever you want to do and to help our friends uh, who we like and who we endorse or who's in our club, okay? Okay, I guess he left. All right, love and light, everybody. Uh, we're going to get out of here, and he said keep the recording. So uh, this is here for archives, and uh, I guess this is how we're going to start 2020. And one of the reasons, we've had a lot of uh, people that in our hobbies or in our professions or business, especially in events, uh, differences of opinion or even differences over uh, – how the money was spent in our association. So, uh, you know, that's what all that's about. And people, uh, you just have to learn. So we're professionals. And, uh, you know, if you want to do hobbies and be in our social networks, we have uh, all the free ones. They call it open source that's being data mined and collected on you because you're putting it out there, you know, like Pinterest, Twitter, uh, Snapchat, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Facebook Live, YouTube, we said that, Vimeo, uh, you know, all the software development companies. And uh, that's fine because we're all getting to know each other. But all we're saying is a lot of us will maybe look like we're friends, but we're not. Even though you may see us, not everybody has time to go delete the thousands of people that we did for since the inception of Facebook. <laughs> and the kids will hardly will even get on Facebook anymore. There's all these new ones, Snapchat and Instagram, but uh, new TikTok. And they mostly, mostly put up their own life and their photos and their gaming and live streaming their games and all that. So uh, I'm here to help people. I have the radio club. I have radio training club if you're interested. We have... If you want to go to acoclub.app and join our club, and then you can get in touch with me. If you just want to be a supporter or enthusiast or help us or get to know us uh, on Patreon for patrons, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. And then it's got my name forward slash Teresa J. Morris, T-H-E-R-E-S-A-J-M-O-R-R-I-S. And uh, we'll 
be happy be happy to if you'll go to that it'll give you sort of an idea of different projects that I'm working on with various people in different groups and clubs and uh I I do my best to put them on projects the ones and the teams that want to work together for marketing, advertising and public relations, endorsements, signing up and then we do levels tier 1, 2 and 3 and then I've got different projects that not everybody wants to work on, okay? So uh we're we're working on various uh broadcasting uh, live streaming channels, people that have websites that they want to promote on their YouTube and their way they do it and I've been helping people for years and years and years and got started back in uh, BMI, Broadcast Music Incorporated, in New York and Nashville, paid my dues and paid all my uh, musicians when I was writing music and helping people. We were doing television shows and uh, different channels and uh, music and live stream and uh, history and Ace Folklife, Smithsonian, and uh, bluegrass music, country music, gospel music, in the ministry. So my Teresa J. Mars Ministries now is just uh, love one another, and can't we just get along? I like that because I was watching all the fires over in Los Angeles when I gave up my five-year contract, uh, paying lots of thousands of dollars for business in California, and then I had a, a for thousands for three to five years in Atlanta. And uh, so I've been in business in Hawaii, California. Wait, was that California? Yeah, California. That was expensive. And uh, let's see, Hawaii, California, Texas, and Georgia. So I've, let's see, it was, oh, in Kentucky. And uh, I didn't own my own company in Illinois, but I had my business uh, license as a private investigator through the uh, Birmingham. Oh, yeah, when I was in Kentucky, we, we uh, tried to help uh, the state police and all them train in law enforcement and stuff and uh, help set up the – back then, the uh, first, they didn't have a private investigator license. But anyway, I'm really old. So uh, now we just help people uh, get started in uh, broadcasting. And uh, if you'd like to be involved, it's American Communication Online Broadcasting Company. And uh, my headquarters is in my head in Gulf Breeze, Florida. <laughs> and I'm using some websites to get the word out, so to speak. So if you want to help us, uh, Radio Helps for Public Relations and just letting people know who you're working with. And uh, we'll do what we can. And John and I, uh, we, we uh, work inside computers and developing and uh, trusting each other, and uh, for whatever reasons, our computers aren't talking to each other. But, you know, there are people that put that stuff inside the computers that you get to see on your cell phones. But most people don't care. They just want to use their phones and their memes, their apps, and they don't care what's being put in there. But it changes all the time, even in Wikipedia. <laughs> all right. Well, love and light, everybody. And uh, if I'm supposed to know you, uh, get in our ACO association or ufo association and get to know people in it find us on social media free facebook and uh i guess if you ever find me and get in touch with me for a year go read uh, articles and bylaws on acoclub.app all right well john uh thank you so much it was a great show and uh look forward to uh, networking with you and reaching out to other people if they want to, or they can reach out to us. 
And uh, we have by invitation only, especially Friday night. So love and light, everybody. And uh, I've got a lot of people that said uh, they're going to be on the show. I've just got to get back to them. It's a lot of work. And uh, I never got John's pictures. I got his pyramid, but I didn't get his headshot. So uh, just stay in touch, and I'll help everybody any way I can on Patreon or acoclub.app. And this is TeresaJMorris.com. Signing off. Okay, so, uh, gosh, you'd think I never did music before. Is anything coming through? Hmm. All right. Well, I guess we won't have any music to get off. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> Spend some time in human form. Good night. <laughs>